Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tragic news today to our brothers and sisters across the pond. Our good allies over at the United Kingdom. Our condolences. Rest in peace to the queen who passed away. And, uh, you know, with that being said, I know it's a, a tragic day. And I'm, I'm already getting triggered myself. Because instantly you see woke leftists coming out and insulting and spitting on the memory of talking about dancing on the grave of the queen. And it's just, have you no decency? And they don't. They revel in the pain and suffering of their symbolic enemies and others and people they hate. And that's that's the thing that really bums me out. Look, I was obviously no fan of John McCain. I did not revel and gloat when he died. And a lot of people I know did. And a lot of friends I, a lot of friends of mine did. And I get it. It's just not for me. I'm, I'm not, you know, we had that, that tweet from the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire the other day showing Meghan McCain crying over her father's coffin. And, they, and I'm just like, that sickens me, dude. The queen was one of the most uh, famous, notable figures, powerful, prominent, loved, respected uh, figures in history. And uh, she passed away. And it's unsurprising now that there are people who are reveling and gloating. So it's gross, but we're going to talk about that because I think it I think it shows a delineation between, you know, who we are and who they are and at least trying to have some decency and respect for those who may be suffering or grieving. We have other news. A Democrat has been arrested for murdering a journalist, which is kind of kind of surprising because I was told Donald Trump was the one who was going to inspire MAGA Republicans to harm journalists, but here we go. It's like there's the story. And then in DC, an emergency has been declared because of the migrants that are being sent in. And it's really funny and hypocritical that the sanctuary city is upset that they're a sanctuary city. How about that? Before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com and become a member. If you would like to support our work as a member, you'll get access to the TimCast IRL Uncensored show. We'll have that coming up for you at about 11 p.m. tonight, where we talk about things that aren't so family friendly and uh, not so, uh, we'll just say uncensored. So don't forget to also smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Joining us to talk about all of this and more is Ali Beth Stuckey. Hello. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Who are, who are you? Who am I? I host a podcast called Relatable on Blaze TV Monday through <clears throat> Thursday. We talk about culture, politics, news, theology from a Christian conservative perspective. I wrote a book called You're Not Enough and That's Okay, Escaping the Toxic Culture of Self-Love. And I do a few other things as well. Are you, have you announced your next book yet or, or no? I have not announced my next book, okay. but it's in the works. All right, right on. Thanks for yeah. joining us. We also have Hannah Claire Brimelow. Hi, I'm Hannah Claire Brimelow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. Yeah. Mm, simple enough. That's it. Hardcore. <laughs> I, uh, for, I'm Ian Crossland. What's up, dudes? Good to see you, Allie. Um, I want to talk about the Queen, but let's start the show before we do, because that's probably our lead-in story, is it? It's the Queen. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We'll get rock and roll in there. Lydia, what's happening? Yeah, for sure. I'm excited to talk about the Queen, especially since I was so grossed out by the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire's tweet about John McCain. Oh, King. man. Yeah. I like that either. I think we're better than them. We can act better. That's muted, right? Yeah, that one's muted. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're good to go. Well, let's, let's jump into the uh, first story, the tragic news. That's right. From the Daily Mail. Have they no shame? Woke liberals writing for the New York Times, New York Magazine, and The Atlantic waste no time attacking the colonizer queen mere hours after her death, age 96, and hours after Twitter took down vile post mocking monarch. 
Now, I don't know if I, I, I don't know why that tweet got removed. I, we should probably look into it before I make give my opinion. But I don't think you should be censored for having bad opinions. I'm glad we get to see these people being awful because right. I, I don't I don't want to, you know, mistakenly work with associate with people who would who would do something like this. So they write the death of the Queen of Queen Elizabeth has been celebrated by some opinion writers with one promising to dance on her grave and another describing her 70 year reign as devastating. While millions around the world were mourning the death of the 96 year old, provocateurs were within hours of her death mocking the outpouring of grief in some of the most esteemed publications in the United States. One Pennsylvania professor even said she hoped the queen's final hours of pain would be excruciating. Yeah, I don't think that was the case. You're an awful person. Mm. Jeff Bezos was among those condemning her now deleted tweet. Good. I'm, I'm glad to see it. And uh, it's nasty stuff, man. It's tough. I, I think what we're seeing here is that these people will say anything for woke points. And so they know they're going to be contrarian. They know shock content is going to get them attention. And here they are now getting it. So I won't get into you know their names or whatever, but just point out like there are people in this world and in this country that are just evil, despicable. They revel in suffering and pain. There's a lot to say about the monarchy. We're starting to debate, you know, the issues of monarchy, whether or not there is one after this. Because I know, you know, what are they saying? King Charles, I know. He's, he's, he's assuming Charles the Charles III. But is he really? I mean, he's already very old. But uh, I don't know. What, what do you guys think about uh, the woke stuff? Let's get into that first. Yeah, well, it's not really surprising. I feel like every time a politician or a person dies that people on the left have deemed an oppressor, whether it's true direct oppression or not, they think that they are more virtuous by kind of celebrating that person's death. I don't think that they just think that it's not bad to do it. I think they actually think that it is moral and good because to them, they see themselves as kind of you know, on the right side of history and someone like Queen Elizabeth as a white colonizer and oppressor and therefore why wouldn't you celebrate her death in the same way that you would celebrate Hitler's death? Of course, I don't think that's comparable at all. I don't think that she can be compared to Hitler, any other true oppressor in any way, but it's not surprising. It's what they always do. It's what they did to John McCain. It's what they did to George Bush. It's what they did to Barbara Bush. I mean, it it, it doesn't matter. That's what they're going to do. I think the queen is particularly vulnerable to this because Americans have no comparable figure to the monarchy. Yeah. Um, I'm, Trump. I'm well, that's complicated, but uh, you know, I, everyone in our office is tired of me saying this, but I'm British, I'm a British citizen and an American citizen, and it is the true divide between what I feel like is my like upbringing in America and my British heritage, which is that the monarchy is an institution that represents not only political power, but a cultural history that is so interwoven with things that are challenging for the British people, as well as things that are make them unique and prosperous. And I think Queen Elizabeth in so many ways, partially because her tenure was so long, she reigned for 70 years. Yeah. There's really no one like her. And during her time, you have to remember all of the social, cultural and technological change that swept through England. There's really no one like her. And I know, you know, when did the reign of the British monarchy end? There's a lot of points in history where people will say like, well, this is really effective and this is really effective. And to me and to a lot of people that I know, this is the end of the British monarchy because she represents a tie to a history that is so far gone from the culture we have today. See, Harry, Harry is it Harry that left with Meghan Markle? Is that yeah. Harry? He, he yeah. was basically done with monarchy. You know, at some point it becomes a burden. Well, she became uh, in line for the throne when her uncle uh, resigned. And he said, I don't want to be king. I'd rather marry this American. And 
at the time he couldn't marry her and also be king so he renounced his title her father became the king and then she became the heir to the throne i mean monarchy has always been to a certain degree optional you don't have to take over the role there's i think british culture you see it a lot in the in the obituaries that are coming out right now for queen elizabeth which is that she had a very strong sense of duty and the idea of a sense of duty at least in the way i was raised and the ties that i saw to my british heritage was like this is a big theme the idea that you rise to your purpose and you rise to duty yeah. and you serve you know and i think in a lot of ways though there are things wrong with the monarchy and i think it's important to be able to criticize your government queen elizabeth really represented that to people and even though there are people who don't support the monarchy they don't love it they will still mourn this loss because it is the end to an era of british history and british culture yeah the british empire she, technically she was the empress um until about what this says 97 when mm -hmm. when what is it hong kong was ceded over to china again uh, that was when the British Empire ended. So that's when she no longer was the empress. Of course, you can be a king and an emperor at the same time. The, the king well, of England, the empire of Britain. And she's still the effective head of government in Canada. I mean, she doesn't really do anything. She was still the effective head of government, I think, in Australia. Again, those countries operate independently. But she has such a serious cultural influence that I really think, you know, there are lots of wonderful things about America, but that aspect we don't have. And we chose not to. We yeah. separated from England for a reason. And I think those things are good. But it's really difficult for Americans to understand because we view our political leaders with a level of vitriol yeah. and we know they are temporary. Yeah. We know if we fight hard enough, we can push them out. And yeah. that's just not how, you know, yeah. this works. She I mean, was a unifying figure, even for people on the left and the right in Britain, it seemed like a lot of people unified them yeah. or unified around her. Yeah, and I think part of it is, you know, Yesterday, she met with Liz Truss, who's the new prime minister. Right. She, yeah. to the end, was conducting business and is such an integral part of culture in uh, culture and uh, the administrative state of Britain. You know, we really just don't have anything like that. Do you, do you think that because the, the the royal family, what was that? Sorry, nothing. Do you think that because <laughs> they know they're like they're in for life, they try to do a better job of being unifying as opposed to the politicians here know yes. they're going to be hated. So they're like, I'm out. Screw you. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of their nature, that they're not supposed to be political. Mm -hmm. She really didn't comment on politics. Yeah. And really none of them do, except for Meghan Markle, because she's not interested in that royal title of being a unifier at all. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan. No. No. Of Markle? Of, of Markle or royalty? Markle. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I mean, um, royalty has its problems. Yeah. But, um, you know, I can look, I don't I'm not British. I'm not from the United Kingdom. So if people there really love her, I'm kind of like, you know, I don't know, well, do your thing. We don't have a queen. We got rid of that. Royalty, so that's all you. I think yeah. it's horrific. It's it's if you're born into a family, you get to run the country makes no sense. It's it's the opposite of meritocracy. It has no no basis in, in a functional reality or a system of merit, of human merit. I but that being said, the first thing I thought when the queen died was these last few years have not been easy on our economy. And with tax season finally arriving, there will be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them and pocketing profits for themselves. America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-431-5684 and you'll be in touch with America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS's predatory tactics and put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker.
Again, 800-431-5684 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. I, I was thought of her family and how they're mm-hmm. emotional, how they're handling it right now. Then the second thing was, well, when you asked me when I, everyone looked at me when I walked in and was like, so what, what do, you do you think about think? the queen? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I, you know, I'd rather that the monarchy ended and that she lived than that she died and there's still a monarchy. I, I have no problems with her. She actually seemed like a pretty cool person from a yeah. distance from the mm-hmm. Western media that I was getting my whole life. Seemed like one of the best, you know, monarchs in human history personally you know she was very I mean, she's open well and- loved and remember she served with 15 prime ministers and 14 american presidents yeah. so and as far as i know crazy. no one doesn't like her think about I mean, everything that you've seen as a 96 year old think about everything you when, can remember when she was coronated her the first prime minister she worked with was winston churchill which is just insane. like to put that in perspective who was wow. born in like 1847 maybe like i can't even get I mean, the she was right. like old when i was born i was thinking about yeah. that earlier there are british people there are generations of british people where she has always been the queen yeah. like she's not just on your money she is always around well and i think because the world is so chaotic and because things in the world and especially in the UK have changed so much Mm -hmm. her steady presence has really kind of helped keep people sane and now that she's gone what's gonna happen we don't know King Charles what's king what's the king gonna do the king he's what's a king gonna do are they they gonna put him on all the money now they they, they got it he gets some money and some stamps are there like other kings on their money too or is it all Queen Elizabeth Prime Minister um I if I'm remembering correctly different just like we do like with coins and the dollar and whatever else like we have different presidents on our on our um, currency she's on some money and she's on the stamp but not all, t- she all on, like canadian money too and, like, yeah because Australian she is money. the head of i mean those were part of the british empire so yeah. she so is still the yeah to this day so ian was saying she's the she's the, the empress, empress. Uh, and now the emperor emperor is now reigning supreme emperor charles is is back well wow. technically the british empire is kind of amorphous they never really said when it ended everyone's just kind of like yeah it just kind of ended when when uh, hong kong was in 97, they thought maybe the Suez loss of the Suez Canal was really when the British Empire no longer had power. Maybe it just exists, you know, and du jour, but not de facto. Just like she is the figurative head of government of Canada or of like the British Virgin Islands, right? Like those places all have their own governments and elect their own officials and have their own form of government. It's kind of in name only that they're still tied to the empire. The empire is not functional as it once was. I wonder how long the the monarchy will last at this point now because the way Harry was just like, no man, I'm done. What I think is that it'll end up going bankrupt. I think that the monarchy will always be sort of part of it because you also have to remember we think of it as like, oh, it's the queen and the prince and she's got those grandkids. But like, actually there are still dukes and duchesses and people like, there are all kinds of titles in yeah. British culture so that what we that don't look have. Like? like, what would the dissolution of the monarchy actually look like if it went bankrupt? What would happen? Well, my thought is it's very hard to remove the monarchy entirely because they would have to undo how they conduct some governmental business, right? Yeah. And so to a certain extent, there will be enough people who don't, like, who's, so it's like, it's King Charles now, then it's William, and then it's George. George. So that mm-hmm. gives us, like, what, at least 100 years, probably more. Yeah. Uh, I think part of it is that they will become lef- less influential, and it becomes unlikely. Like, I wonder if they'll have to hold some other kind of office. Their government will evolve. Well, it's not just enough to be granted this power. You have to have something I else. Think, I think, you know, Charles has got to bring it back to their roots, start issuing letters of mark, yeah, sending out naval go. destroyers there and, like, go. private vessels to raid cargo ships. And just all the I think that would be fascinating. If you bring back colonization. There we go. But where would he colonize? That's the well, thing. Well, China's colonizing. Mars. Yeah. I mean, Mars. <laughs> we're talking about 21st century well, colonization. Like, would you be psyched about the monarchy if tomorrow King Charles is like, 
I'm sending something to the no, moon. No, hell no. It's got to be done in a decentralized earthen way where we're all in it together. Because if we start, what's going to happen is <laughs> corporations. Gonna it's going to be corporations no. starting to colonize it. Yeah, and that, that's going to be like, true. Yeah. talk about a monarchy, the owner China, of the China, corporation. While uh, while they're actively criticizing mm. colonization and they're like, mm, these people, China's actively colonizing. They're literally they're, colonizing. Yeah. It, is, it is literal colonization. Yeah. Africa, South America, yep. And even Australia and America and Europe. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, because their idea of colonization is like, they think white people are evil. Yeah. So they assume a bunch of white people get on a boat and they all have like devil horns and pitchforks like, yeah, we're going to go kill, kill other people. people. Yeah. When in reality, it was like people saying, there's not a lot of land here anymore. I'm going to get on the boat and go find a better place to live. They don't like yeah. my religion. Up. Yeah. So what's happening now with colonization in China is that it's just regular Chinese citizens being like, I'm going to move to the United States and go live in New York. I'm going to live to move to Vancouver. And yeah. then what happens is large swaths of these populations move into these areas. They create, you know, little uh, cultural centers, little Chinatowns and things like that. And that is literal colonization. Well, it's a lot more nefarious than that in places like Africa and South America. Oh, sure. The Chinese government is going in there and saying, oh, you want a railway? Great. You get to, you know, pay us this amount of money. Ethiopia can't pay them back for it. Oh, you're in debt to us. Now we own you. So it's not as much like creating Chinatown as, hey, we're going to literally take over your country yes, by yes. putting you in debt. But I, I just wanted to differentiate between the evil vision of colonization that they these, these woke leftists think versus when you just have a large population moving around and moving into places. But yeah. you're right. They also have the, the Belt and Road Initiative. They're doing a bunch of these, these, these deals, like you mentioned. They are actively doing oil exploration in Africa and South America. They wanted to they wanted to dig a Nicaraguan canal yeah. to compete with Panama. They are they are expanding rapidly. Not yeah. to mention the South China Sea. So yeah. you want to talk about modern colonization. Maybe we can get some of our friends over on the woke left to criticize it, but I, somehow I just don't think they're going to do it. They usually no. criticize the um, Israeli colonization of the West Bank. There's When you talk about colonizing, it could be barren land. People go and create a colony there of people. That's a form of it. But then there's also where you go and seize someone's property and then you set up your house there, which is also a form of colonization, but they're completely different, really, ethically. One of them, you're not displacing humans. The other one is you're seizing people's land. So in, in, in Israel, for instance, there's a lot. And I get a lot of the media through the, the Western media. So it's hard to parse what's happening. But I've seen videos of people getting off of buses, like Israelis with or, or Americans that have been invited there to colonize the West Bank. And they get off the bus with like mattresses in their arms and just run. And they're all ch charging, racing to get to the house first where the Palestinian guy's not home. And then they take it. They go in and they're like, this is my home now. If I don't, you mess I with don't, me, the police will will wanna, shoot you. So you, this is, we, we took it. Yeah, I'd want to dig that. into that. I think people have talked about that. And there's something about that that I don't fully understand. That's, yeah, that's I intentional. And we're I don't not, think, we're not I don't think like it. just jumping from China to Israel. It, it's it's something. the two biggest colonizers on earth right now are the Israelis and the Chinese. That I think. is 100% not well, true. Who, then who's the other second Bro, one? Bro, Israel is so small. How many people live in Israel? Yeah, but... Wow. There's, there's a billion so and a half people in China. Talk per capita. They're Every colonizing continent. the West Bank. What else are they colonizing? And Gaza, the West Bank. <laughs> Come on, but, but I'm talking per capita. We're talking. We're talking about like what percentage of the population are colonizing right now? Israel's yeah, you're relatively wrong, low. Bro. I mean, it's colonizing. It's been colonizing since 1963. Sure, 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 I mean, yeah. I just don't know. I wouldn't be, you know, no, but arguing so just with like, you just for arguing. We're, we're talking about one of the most populous nations on the planet with a billion and a half people. Send, uh, having their citizens either freely move or military expansion onto every continent on the planet, even Antarctica to, Antarctica to a certain degree. It's just like there's no reason to bring up Israel in that context. Eight what? million people. The two largest. Yeah, come on. 
It, no, bro, you can't compare 1.3 billion to 8 million. Yeah, but on. you got to go per capita. I'm not talking about talk, per capita. Per capita, talking? it's very much. You have much less probably in China because there's so many people and so few relative You're colonizers. Talking, I don't know. I don't, what's this obsession with Israel? You're talking about like a I'm nation. I'm not obsessed with Israel. I'm talking like, about right now. You're like hell bent on. I mean, talking. are you denying that they're colonizing the West Bank? But what does that have to but do with that, global is expansionism? Is that colonizing? Wouldn't they say that that was their land in the first place? The that they were the first people there because they were historically. I'm not. I don't even know. I don't know your argument. I don't. I haven't seen the video. I don't know the evidence of what you're talking about. I would just be curious because I haven't really heard about it. The argument of why it starts with I think at the or end just of, if it's actually happening. Like where else are they colonizing? You look at China; they're all over the world colonizing. Like where's Israel going? Right. It, the, a lot of people I think consider it ethical colonization because it's internal, but. You know, the population of New York City is like what nine million people. So it'd be like, are you comparing it to like if the population of New York spread out across the country? Is that colonizing? You know, like if if a bunch of New Yorkers started going from Manhattan to Jersey City, I I they all I, went to Florida and, and they were like COVID. fighting and there were like yeah. rides and stuff. I'd be like, it's bad. But I just don't know how you compare the size of population to what China is doing. I mean, it's not like Israel is sinking, you know, Vietnamese shipping vessels, firing uh, missiles over neighboring islands into territorial waters of other countries. Whoa, whoa. Hamas and Israel have been firing missiles into each other's territory for yes, decades. Yes, you're talking about a small regional conflict of it's great little, consequence. Yeah, it is a great compared consequence. Compared to China expanding in the South China Sea. No, I'm not comparing Sending. That. Okay, so we're well, talking. Well, I guess there's a comparison in that they're both colonizing, different, maybe different. You're just saying like they're the first and the second. Yeah, yeah. The two, the two largest colonization programs on Earth right now are in Gaza, West Bank, and the Chinese. Well, I'm pretty in sure Africa, that's just not true. And that's just, a weird thing to say. I wouldn't call what's happening in Israel colonization. Like I, I, I would say, I feel Russia, like it is. Con yeah, it's Russia is probably the second biggest yeah. colonizer. In where? In what aspect? They're in, invading in aspect, right now. There's a military and, invasion. Yes, and then also just the expansion of like there's more Russian troops and people spreading out than Israeli. Do you have that number somewhere? Let's Bro, Russia that. Russia took Crimea and now they're That's now an they're invasion invading. though. It's different. A colonization is like not military. I mean, I guess there's there's fight there could just, be fighting Okay, involved, bro. I don't I don't I don't get the point you're I trying to make. I think California is colonizing Texas and Arizona and Colorado. I think New Yorkers are colonizing Florida. Yeah, they They've yeah, left during they COVID and they're like, "We like it here. We're going to stay and bring everyone." Up. I mean, it's a, it's a hard comparison to make. I understand what you're saying that there is conflict there and it feels like one force has more power than the other, but I, I do I wouldn't classify what's going on in Israel as colonization Is, more than regional Israel conflict. was a British and French colony at the end of World War one they they promised the allied forces the British French in um, uh, Italians promised that area to the Arabs if the Arabs would betray the Ottomans so the Arabs were like oh you're gonna give us this area that's now Israel you're gonna give this to the Arabs well, then yeah we'll betray the Ottomans they betrayed the Ottomans the French and English won the war and then they said you know what Arabs we're gonna renege on our offer we're gonna keep the land for ourselves and then they created the uh, Sykes-Picot Agreement, uh, and uh, that basically set up Israel as we know it, but it was very small. And then over the next 30 or 40 years, I think there was like a military buildup, and then it, all of a sudden in the, what was it, the 50s, I think, they had this seven-day war. Was it 1957, 1963, all around that time, uh, um, and uh, just conquered a hmm. lot of land around it, whether you want to consider that colonization or not. Here's the question. Is all colonization wrong do you think it's a good question you asked no. that before the show too yeah. i don't i don't either there's there's this romantic romanticizing on the left about like native americans for instance they 
just they want to believe this narrative of the evil white man from Europe coming and just massacring all the natives. It's like, oh, but don't get me wrong. There's a bunch of really bad history there, of course. Yeah. Lands get conquered, war breaks out, and some people win out over others. But it's like, I don't know, man. The Aztecs were kind of brutal, kind you know. They were warring with each other. They were sacrificing people, ripping out their hearts and stuff like that. So it's, it's hard to say, you know, but by, based on our standards as Americans with the Constitution— the answer is yes, if you think our standards are better than other countries' standards. So, uh, you know, Hong Kong, for instance, I think you were mentioning this before the show. They had, like, it seems to be getting really bad for them now with China moving in because we don't, we don't think China's values are good values. They're authoritarian. Yeah. They, they uh, let's just say the people who are, who are living there are not doing so well. You got the, uh, con- the, the, the Uyghur concentration camps. So would Hong Kong be better off with, you know, Western colonization? I think the people there thought so. I think Hong so. Kongers, yeah. I think they would yeah. have thought so. I mean, they're the ones that are being thrown in jail for being dissidents. And so I would say that, you know, they try to champion free speech, which are Western values. Those are not universal values. So, but I don't know that the ends necessarily justify the means in all of these cases. But was Hong Kong better off as a British colony? 100%. Yeah, imagine what this country, what the United States would look like if no one ever came here. I mean, what would it be? I, I can't imagine that it would be substantially well-developed. Well, I think leftists have this fantasy. I've noticed this. They've got this like romantic fantasy in their head that before civilization, things were better. That if we all went back to living in tribes and just like living off the earth and that we would be better off than we were, well, it, than it, we are now with civilization. It is objectively better to stub your toe and then die from the infection. Yeah. Right? Yes, that's true. Antibiotics no. are bad. Yeah, exactly. Western it's medicine for the win. Tribal yeah, I, I life was you. pretty brutal. They would there was tribal chieftains but ruled they do by seem force. To think that. I think we're they insulated from brutality in a certain extent to because of the way we live now because of modern conveniences. I also think that you know, and, I, and I'm grateful for that. I don't want to say that I would prefer to live in a more brutal time. Um, but I also think that we are used to a certain level of stability that was just not true for most of global history. I mean, all of the borders of countries that we see now, even if you don't like that they were part of colonization, they exist because we went through a period of exploration and discovery. I mean, no one today is going to get on a boat and be like, I'm going to find some land and see what happens there. Like, we can't do that because we Would know be what's nice. out there. You'd be nice, but you it's just not go find happen. like an uninhabited island in the middle of nowhere and be like, "I'm going to build this up," you know, make something mm-hmm. out of it. I'm going to turn it into something. We the, can't the, do that because it belongs to everyone now because we've explored the world. Like yeah. that time period is difficult for us to relate to, which I think helps feed this narrative that colonization was bad because we don't really know what life was like while that was going on. Here's 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 a funny thing. Uh, There's a story I've told before about this woke guy I was talking to in North Dakota, and. Uh, it was at the Dakota Access Pipeline protest. I said, you know, I have to leave by tomorrow because I have a meeting in Los Angeles and I got to drive from North Dakota to LA, which is crazy. Not a meeting tomorrow, but in a few days. So I got to leave tomorrow. And then uh, he was like, nah, man, you, sh- you shouldn't do that. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. 
CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com carlson. That's carshield.com carlson. Meeting schedule, that's colonial thinking. And then I was like, what, what, what does that mean? He's like, it's colonial thinking, man. Like, col- like having a meeting and a schedule. The yeah. Native Americans don't have that. They like wake up when they need to and they get to work and they get it done. And then I was like, having a meeting is colonial thinking? <laughs> like, what, do you, what are you saying? Like, where, what does that mean? Like, that I'm tracking time? He's like, yeah, like the colonizers from Europe came and they brought these schedules in time, yeah. you know, these, these meetings. And then I was like, what are you talking about, dude? Like Asians had schedule have schedules right. too. They're not white people. Yeah. In their minds, they think colonization is all modern success and all modern success is bad. It's oppressive. And I'm just like, you're a white supremacist with a guilty conscience. Yes. They attach everything that they don't like to colonialism and white supremacy, like the gender binary. There was this like New York Times article the other day saying maternal instinct is a myth that was created by like Western men in order to oppress women. And I always go back to like whether you believe the Bible is the inspired word of God or not, it is still a book that was written at least 6,000 years ago by Eastern brown men. And like literally one of the very first verses of the Bible says that God made them male and female. So the gender binary is neither Western <laughs> nor modern. And so it's so funny when people think that we can just like, we can't see back in the Also, history. isn't this like a That's bigoted point years. of view to take? Be like, you know, Native American people couldn't schedule or figure out time. Like that seems a, like a horrible stance to be yeah. like only white people know how to like make appointments. What are you talking about? Like the museum, yeah, that's what they said. Uh, the African American History Museum. Yeah. Remember a couple years ago, they put out that like that page on their website that was like being on time yes. and having lists and having schedules. That's delayed all gratification. Yeah, I had to tell this guy. I was like. Dude, Asians invented the compass 1,000 years before your ancestors did. So don't come to me and talk about how the white man created everything because you just, you're a white supremacist. You genuinely think white people did everything that, bro, get out of here with that stuff. But that's their attitudes. They're like, they're on the left. And they're the good people because they recognize that they are the superior race, but they should be nicer to poor people. It's like, get out of here, dude. I think that's such a horrible stance to take. That's their stance. I'm like, th- this idea that you, so when I asked him about this, I, I, when I said, Asians have schedules, bro, and he goes, yeah, but that came from colonies, colonization. And I was like, what? And he's like, like the, the white colonists came to China and East Asia and brought that with them. And then I, and that's when I was like, dude, they invented the compass a thousand years before Europeans yeah. did. And gunpowder. Like, pretty sure they were doing their thing before you got there. That's crazy that he thinks he's the not racist. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Algebra is uh, Arab. Yes. Arabic. Yes. It means Persian. the Jabra. Yeah, yeah it, it actually means go. the reunion of broken parts or bone what? setting. Wow, that bone makes setting? sense. Yeah, that makes Arabic. sense. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. Let's, uh, let's jump to some domestic issues. Here's a story. <laughs> Officials DNA found at slain Las Vegas reporter's crime scene. What is this about? Well, there was a Democrat who lost his reelection. His name was Robert Tellis. He was arrested late Wednesday for murdering a journalist because the journalist had been writing stories about him that were negative and it cost him the election. Now, the funny thing is, you know, the immediate assumption a lot of people have is that he did it, you know, and I'm like, oh, he's innocent until proven guilty, man. Come on. We don't know that this guy did it. And don't expect me to trust the journalist in this story. So it's like, you got a Democrat to see the bad guy. You got a journalist. Who's the bad guy? What happened? And I'm like, I don't know. Cause I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. I don't, like I sure. 
I think I, from from reading this, it really does sound like, in my opinion, journals are probably lying about this guy. He was he. So there's there's multiple people in this race, but he's writing about this one guy over and over again, like obsessed with him. Numerous stories. It's just, Do you have any experience as, with that? Strikes that me any- as weird. Well, yeah, personal bias. I'm like, what's the obsession? There's multiple people in this race. So why is this one guy you don't like? But I don't know for sure. What I can say is, for all we know, this Democrat had nothing to do with it. And he's just a lead suspect. For all we know, he was there, but then he left. And so they're like, you're at the scene of the crime. So you're under arrest. Mm-hmm. For all we know, the journalist was trying to stab him with a pen or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And he defended I mean, himself. I think we all agree murder is not good. We're not. Right. We're against it. Um, and of course, innocent until proven guilty. I think... That's why it starts to be like, we need more evidence. If his DNA is found at the crime scene, how do we know it's his? Like, what is the context here? Uh, the weird detail about this story to me was that he like arrived at his home in a hazmat suit. Yeah. yeah. Which I was sort of like, but hmm, that's a bold fashion And they choice. saw him doing it, right? They were like waiting for him or something? Um, There's a video of him in the suit. Mm-hmm. And they're like, did you kill him? Yeah. Journalists were waiting at his home. So like, I don't know who tipped them off or what the context there was. But Yeah, that's weird. But it's kind of like what you were saying earlier before we started recording we keep hearing or we've heard for the past few years that an instance like this is going to happen on the republican side it's going to be a republican that goes after a journalist and kills them because of all trump's you know anti-press rhetoric and well i don't know if this guy really did it but if he did do it then that's not the case here it wasn't the anti-press rhetoric from republicans that caused this guy to possibly kill the journalist right and if this journalist you know if everything he's writing was full of emotion and it's not you know it's very biased and maybe not factual like that's terrible reporting and that is serious but you don't get to vigilante kill him that's not how this works either right right i just it's it's, it is interesting that so many people immediately jump to aha the democrat and then i'm like well let's see how this one plays out but there is a, a very interesting point in that donald trump kept calling the press the enemy of the people the fake news was the enemy of the people and then we saw people like Brian Stelter. I loved this because he wrote an article three years ago where he said, Trump falsely accuses news organizations of fabricating sources. And then a couple of years later, you get USA Today caught fabricating sources. So it's like, yo, I'm an apology. But they kept saying that Trump's rhetoric was dangerous. It was going to get journalists killed. And now it's actually a Democrat being accused of doing it. So it's like, is there going to be an apology across the board for the, the Trump yeah. supporters who are restraining themselves? Because apparently yeah. Trump, Trump said... Um, that the, the real opponent was the media that they were running against because, you know, it's not the Democrats, it's the media. So uh, any any apologies or no? Yeah. They're going to keep pushing the narrative that MAGA Republicans are the evil ones, are the, the dangerous ones, are the threat. When you have, I mean, this is in line perfectly with Antifa going around smashing up windows, destroying businesses, killing people, and then they ignore it and say, yeah, but the Trump supporters are the problem. Yeah, I've barely even heard about this story honestly besides us talking about it and seeing some conservative commentators talk about it on twitter um and so obviously if this were a republican we'd be hearing about it constantly we'd be seeing tears and quivering chins on cnn like oh my goodness it's so difficult for me to come to work every day we already saw aoc say in gq that she doesn't even know if she's going to be alive in september and so (laughs) there would be journalists saying the same thing and they would say this is the cost of republican extremism but now it's barely a peep well we talked about this the other day aoc saying she didn't know if she was going to be alive what do you think she meant by that I think that she thinks that the same people who apparently put a dagger to the throat of democracy on January 6th, they're going to come kill her in her apartment before she can, you know, zip away in her Tesla. We, we, we talk, yes, zip away in her Tesla. <laughs> Those things go fast. Uh, we talked about it too, but I think there's a possibility that she's depressed. Oh, 
I think so. I think she deals with really serious insecurity, probably. But also this like insufferable arrogance, which I don't think is the exact opposite of deep insecurity. No. I think they often go hand in Very hand. Similar. And to me, she seems like um, she, she's unsure of herself while also trying to kind of present herself as totally sure if that makes sense yeah i posited that she is maybe going through a transition in her beliefs and she can't transition (laughs) red belling she she, she, yes that's what i'd like to suggest i mean she just got engaged this year perhaps she's talking about having a family and now she is uh maybe having to face some of the consequences of the policies that she's pushed maybe she doesn't feel that way and she's become the figurehead for i don't want to bore everyone who's listening especially specifically tim and ian who made me heard me make this pitch last night but like she was the poster child for this liberal green new deal pro-feminist squad that would be amazing if she changed i think that well, I, she can't leave politics and she can't reverse her opinion well which is a di- I, 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 I don't like that, that for case. politicians so i think that she was whether it's in her head or real it seems like she was really shaken up after january 6th like she's mm-hmm. talked multiple times in interviews about how she's gone to therapy how she's like she was scared that she was gonna get raped scared that she was gonna get murdered and like she talks a lot more now it seems like than she used to about like men and how she feels objectified i do wonder like that whole big booty latina thing that happened with alex stein like her fiance literally did nothing just like stood there with their little dog like i do wonder how much (laughs) of like a stable force he is in her life and if he actually makes matters kind of worse for her to have like a weak man by your side i don't know we should do a we should do a skit about dr aoc and mr republican aoc or whatever where she like drinks a formula and then starts turning into a republican like her dress turns from blue to red and she's like (laughs) then she's like wearing a trump hat that'd be awesome (laughs) i I hope the the alex stein the big booty thing where he approached her on the steps (laughs) i'm kind of sad about the way it has has been playing out because i feel like it's for alex uh cortez that she could totally just laugh with him and laugh about it and like what do Come on, yeah. he's like a comedian guy. Well, that's how you get he him. He might like, even run for politics someday. Like, it could work out. You know, he's not like, a, he's a really smart guy. Yeah. And he has a lot of compassion. And it was very unfocused for a while. And he's starting to hone it in. And I would love to see them smooth that over and well, that's, get serious. See, she didn't know how to handle a troll. Right? Alex Stein knew, knew what he was doing. He, and he, he, he has this really great bit. I watched a video of him recently where there's people protesting him. And he's laughing, saying, I love you. You're amazing. This is so awesome. I'm so honored to have people protesting just for me. We made it, guys. This is so big. Yeah. That's how you handle it. Yep. Because they're trying to rile you, rile you up. If AOC started laughing and she like winked at him and then waved, it would have all blown over. Mm-hmm. It would have not have been effective. Which she kind of did in the video, which is right. why it was so funny. She kind of was but, like, oh, ha ha, funny. And then she <laughs> made the video like exactly. adding all the adjectives to her butt that like he did not say. <laughs> she said <laughs> juicy, she right? added like juicy, yeah. luscious. I'm like, he didn't even say that. Yeah. Maybe that's why she did it. She's like, he's just, not he's not actually she's reporting. Right. Right. No, no, no. <laughs> she's, it's, it's, it's like, it's like a, uh, uh, an insecurity thing where it's like, he was saying, he said my booty was luscious. <laughs> And juicy. And I'm mad about <laughs> yes. it. Yes. I'm really mad. <laughs> I work out and I'm mad that he noticed. Yeah, no. uh, I, I think that AOC is this interesting study in someone who doesn't have a clear path forward. Like, I think she has a lot of ways she can fall from this coveted position. And I think she's not good at dealing with trolls or negative feedback because she has been celebrated for so long as this like iconic young democrat latina and like if those are things that you're proud of cool celebrate them but 
I think when you come from the opposite end of the political spectrum, when you're more conservative, like you often are in a position where you think that you are going, I mean, I'm sure this has been true for you in your careers. Like you're in spaces where you are often the enemy, right? You're often the wrong opinion and you get used to sort of having to let things roll off your shoulders. If you are in a circle where you're competing for praise, you know, you have very few people who are probably saying like, I, I don't like what you're saying. She probably has a lot of people who are like, I like what you're saying, but I'd like it even more if you said this. I, 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 got, I got to say, I could not imagine the, the stress she probably deals with. It's probably unbearable. I can't imagine. Because we know how awful it is on the left when you're dealing with cancel culture. So, so I, I have a friend who is a, you know, he's a lefty guy. And he was saying that someone he knows and has worked with is getting canceled right now for a wrong think or something. And then he's like, do you think I should criticize him, call him out too? Or should I just try and keep my head down and say nothing? And I said, I think it's insane that you choose to live that way. Yeah. But ima- so this is a guy who's in, he's on the outside. He just happens to like he's in, the, he's in an industry that's woke and he's like, this is how it is. So do I join the mob or do I hide from them? Imagine being at the epicenter of the mob, like AOC, and everyone's constantly glaring at you with darted, you know, evil eyes waiting for you to say the wrong thing. She probably doesn't know what to say half the time. Mm-hmm. She's probably like sitting there sweating bullets, terrified yeah. that at any moment it could all be ripped away from her by cancel culture. You think so? I, I have a hard time believing the left would turn on her. I mean, unless she went like full MAGA. What no. I, think, I mean, she says a she... lot of really stupid stuff and the left has never been like, hmm, maybe we shouldn't be putting like, her on the cover of but she got attacked. She got attacked when she walked back her stance on Israel and Palestine. When oh, she initially she when she initially got elected, she got asked about it and they were like, you said something that, you know, Israel was an apartheid. I can't remember exactly what it was. Yeah. And then she was like, well, I should probably look into that a little bit more. And they started relentlessly attacking her, saying like, mm-hmm. how could you do this? You're so you're, you're going corporate. Saying, being on the left is like you're constantly in a precarious position, like you're constantly walking on eggshells. Always. Like, so imagine being surrounded by zombies. Yeah. And you're pretending to be a zombie. And if you slip up, they're coming for you. Yeah. But imagine being on the pedestal with every zombie looking at you. You can't screw up. And she has to have an answer for everything. It has to be the right answer. I mean, that is a tremendous amount of pressure. Well, especially when she can't, she's really not, and I'm not just trying to be like, like troll her. Like she really isn't a very good talker. Like she she really doesn't talk very well. She has a hard time talking. And so I can't imagine, maybe maybe that's why. Maybe it's because she has to overthink every single word that comes out of her mouth. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I what I said the other day was, you know, what if, you know, she's getting married? What if she wants to not run for re-election? She wants to start her family and she wants to be in I New York more. I would love that for her. But can you do that when you are the champion of, you know, feminism and like, you know, women at work? Like, she could be an can, influencer. She'd probably make a lot of money. I mean, I think I wouldn't care. I personally wouldn't care. I wouldn't think less of how, what she, you know, I think she would be as committed to whatever ideology, but I could see other people who feel like she is the example of the young, successful professional who was a bartender and she hustled, she got to Congress and, you know, whatever she's doing. And if she says like, my family life is more important to me than politics and this career, like there are people who I think would really drag her for that. And I can't imagine having to, you know, weigh my personal choices as it reflects on a larger ideological movement. It's not just drag her. I just wonder who's behind her. Like the people who first chose her and put her up and are pushing her to be this like representation of like the future revolution. Mm -hmm. I feel like she probably has a lot of pressure behind the scenes that we don't I, even I just, see. I think she must get it from all directions. And even though I don't agree with her the majority of the time, I would argue to say almost all of the time, I still have a lot of, you know, 
I just, I would hate to be in her position in some, in some respects. It must be uh, unbearable at times. Yeah, I think about, <laughs> I don't want to turn people off from running for office because we need people, good people in office, but how horrifying it would be to serve on the bridge of the Death Star. Like, they're, they're creating, where do we go to war next? Where do we send the military machine on Earth? Who do we kill? Who do we defend? Who do we kill so that we can defend what? Where do we get our lithium? Where do we get our oil? Where do we get, and it's not all Congress, but I mean, that, that stress on top, like real, I think that's part of this red pilling. You said that you feel like she's having some sort of mental resurgence or like I just evolution. wonder, I speculate. Like once you realize that you're like the bad guy, and that we're like, our government has been the bad guy for like 70 years. And there's a lot of bad guys. We're all pretty much a bunch of brutes beating each other in the playground is like what governments are on earth up to this point. But it's not like you're not going in to smile, wave, and then, you know, sign some legislation so that everyone gets their food. There's not enough food. Mm -hmm. We don't have enough food for everybody. Or if we do, it's not organized properly. That's why people are starving in places. I kind of feel like, though, that she's a narcissistic sociopath. So I don't know if she actually has those those feelings. And I know that might be like, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic or you know, like overtly demonized. Like I genuinely think the things she's done signify that she's a narcissistic sociopath. Like she lied about what happened on January 6th. She totally fabricated this insane story that made no sense. The timeline didn't make sense. You know the story where she said the guy knocked on her door and said, where is she? Yeah. That she, she said, oh, I think they, they like she, she implied the rioters got to her and she was scared of that. But at that point in her story, based on her own timeline, the Capitol had not even been breached. It wasn't breached until an hour later. Yeah. So she just literally fabricates mm -hmm. this whole story. Yeah. For for and then you, you, what kind of person is willing to do something like that? Because the thing is, she get, she's she's been caught. She's been caught. She's exposed for doing it, and she still doesn't care because she's got her cult little cult cultists who follow her and just believe what she says. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I would call it narcissism. I think about humility and pride, and it's not. Being humble isn't self-hatred. Being proud isn't self-love necessarily. Um, what is narcissism? Like excessive self-love to a fault? Yeah, that you orient everything around you, which I, I would agree with the narcissism piece. I don't know if I would say that she's a sociopath. Unfortunately, I just think that people are bad people without having some kind of like psychological diagnosis. I think that she just thinks about herself, it seems like constantly, which is part of why I think she's really sad. Like, and, and part of the reason why she can't take any criticism really, because every time someone criticizes her for a totally valid reason she turns it into this is an attack on my no. identity well, and that's no, 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 exhausting no, no, no. no one's ever criticized her they're only trying to date her they, exactly yeah i was gonna say remember when she went to, to florida with her boyfriend and people were like wait this is like against lockdown protocol and she was like stop trying to date me yeah. it's crazy that, i mean that's something that a narcissist would say most people even if you didn't think it was fair that's not where your mind would go yeah let's let's talk about actually walking on eggshells we got this story steve bannon charged with money laundering and conspiracy so as much as there may be some stressors for the woke left because they might get canceled, I'm sure they view that stress as preferable to being targeted by the DOJ for what, well, you know, I'll be careful here. I am uh, uh, reluctant to trust the DOJ or in this instance, New York State's, it's the uh, Southern District. Uh, actually, no, this is New York State. This is Letitia James. I don't trust any of this stuff. I don't believe them. Sorry, been there, done that. Russia gate, Ukraine gate, get out of here with all this nonsense. Now they're criminally charging Bannon again because he was just charged with contempt of Congress. They're they're going nuclear against the MAGA Republicans. I expect it'll get way worse. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious if you guys think they'll indict Trump before the midterms. Hmm, before the midterms, I don't know. 
I don't know. I think they will indict Trump. I don't see what all of this would be for if they weren't. I don't know about before the midterms, maybe. I don't think they'll do it before the midterms. I just feel like it's not going to move fast enough. Um, but I will say that I think Letitia James is just uh, a very clear example of judicial activism. I think yeah. that she very selectively picks picks her cases and, uh, you know, if, has a clear agenda, which I would not want if I were a person from New York as my so, attorney general. So what would you call it if at the federal level, at the state level, Democrats are taking positions of authority in prosecutors' offices, in, in, uh, in, in the DA's offices, in... Uh, um, Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In the federal government, in the in the in attorneys, you know, they're getting jobs as attorneys and, and judges and stuff like that, and then they're using that power specifically to target their political rivals, lock them up, shut them down, take away their rights. Like, what, what, what do you call that? What's going on? It's like corruption or something. It's crazy. Just corruption. <laughs> corruption is not a strong enough word. I think what is challenging for a lot of people is that this is part of strategic. Uh, strategic installment of sympathetic people at certain levels of government so if people are interested in influence elections you could say you should run for office but you could also say you should work at the polls you should be in this county position you should do whatever and i think that um the placement of prominent democrats in uh offices of attorney general was something that most people wouldn't think to do because they think it should be non a nonpartisan position, right? They don't think we should put someone who has a certain political agenda there. We should put someone who's a really good lawyer, or really good at the law. Um, I just, I just mean. Would you call it fascism? No, it's not. It's not that. I mean, fascism is an element in authoritarianism. What we're seeing is that ideologically driven Democrat types are intentionally infiltrating these offices, like the, the Soros prosecutors, to get their people out of jail and to put their opponents in jail. It is some kind of subterfuge. Yeah, or, it's a subvertive mm -hmm. uh, cronyism, maybe. Yeah. I mean, but it's, it's. I don't want to say civil war. I know, everybody's getting ready to drink because it's not quite there, but it's something close to that where a political faction is weaponizing the government to shut down their political opponents and their political opponents are just sitting there and taking it. Well, on MSNBC the other day, a commentator said the Civil War may have already started. That's right. Now, they didn't really specify exactly what they meant by that. They were commenting on Biden's speech, but that's a little frightening. Only one side is really fighting. Exactly. And that's the funny thing. Fox News and Newsmax had this incredulous attitude like the left is talking about Civil War. <laughs> How silly. It's like, are you watching what they're doing to your president? Yeah. Yeah. They're sitting there saying it's happening and, and, and we're doing it. Kathy Griffin basically admitting the Democrats oh, yeah. are ready to start a war. And then the right's going like, oh, there's no Civil War. <laughs> yeah, have yeah. fun in prison. But uh, I, I guess the good news is we'll be gulag cellmates. Huh. So, you know, we'll have each other's company. And we've company. been saying that for a while. But, you know, I kind of take back 
my answer on whether or not they're going to indict Trump, because I do think that a mistake that Republicans are making right now before the midterms is to constantly talk about Trump, constantly talk about what the Democrats are doing to Trump. I'm not saying we shouldn't talk about that for the reason that you just said, but that really doesn't resonate with most people who are watching Fox News and Newsmax. Most people who are not on Twitter, they do not feel like we're in a civil war. Even if they see things like this happening to Steve Bannon or to Trump, they're not thinking this is probably going to happen to me one day what I think resonates is the radicalism that is coming from the left coming from Joe Biden and their agenda and the right is doing a really bad job of talking about Joe Biden they're focused so much on Trump when honestly a lot of people don't want to talk about Trump they don't want to hear about Trump I think they also get lost in like the fact that Joe Biden seems so sick and ill right like you don't want to make fun of someone like they feel bad for them well it's like they don't want to say anything that's like too gauche like they don't want to say anything that was like obviously kind of cruel to make someone someone fun of someone who's like in decline but like joe biden does not seem well but, they but i think so they're much missing material in their policies you See, don't even this have is to exactly talk it. about the fact i think that, that they think that the way that the left focus solely on trump the person the man the president like that's what they think they need to do joe biden and it makes them uncomfortable but what actually they should be doing is examining his cabinet and who else is in there and what else is going on like we are focused on the biden administration and making joe biden the face of that that we forget that there are other people and i think when uh corinne jean pierre came into office like we were all sort of like wait what this is your your pick like trump was like you know pretty good good. like she was good she was good and this is who they followed up with so you should have questions about every other staffing decision in the white house i kind of feel like jean pierre doesn't actually do work like before the press briefings she's like watching reruns of friends (laughs) or like the office and then she's like oh i gotta do a press conference then she goes out there i remember there was at one point peter Ducey asked her a question and she goes i don't know that i remember that happening and it's yeah. like that was like a but does that mean that they story? are not telling their own white house press secretary what's going on so that they can be like just deny it like you don't know but what's I the, think that seems like a crazy it's, girl it's in it, look i'm sorry it's insane to care about a white house press secretary even as jen Psaki or kaylee McEnany or otherwise because you can't expect the press secretary to know everything and to be completely honest i don't care what party they're with there's like, there's no way. No, they're there well, to that's spin. not their job. Yeah. Their job is not to be honest. No, it's to no, spin. exactly. It's it's so it's it's why is anyone bothering? So everyone's like, oh, Peter Ducey, Peter Ducey asked that tough question. <laughs> what he may as well have asked a brick wall. Come on, what's yeah. the point? But I stand by like, what's going on with Joe Biden's cabinet? Why don't we talk about them more? I feel like I hear nothing about it. Well, the right does, but again, I think that there are I don't a lot think they of talk about it enough. squishy. Well, I mean, I think that we talk about. Well, we might get kicked off Twitter if we say like the HHS secretary is not the woman that he says that he is. And I mean, there are different things that I think the right says maybe not totally effectively. I don't know if Republicans in office do though. They don't seem to be. I kind of feel like if if, if someone was running as a Republican, and they just like went up on the debate stage and were like, uh, "My principal issue is." No sex change surgeries for children. What say you, opponent? And let them be like, I'm in favor of that. And be like, okay, can I go home now? Yeah. Because regular people aren't getting that framing. They're hearing healthcare. Yeah. Healthcare. Gender Protect affirming. trans kids. And it's just like, just you got to keep going. Be like, oh no, I agree with the healthcare thing for sure. Yeah, we, I, I, I do. I definitely think trans kids are real and they need healthcare. I just don't think the sex change surgery is appropriate for minors. Do you? God, I saw a picture of a girl who got a sex change surgery, had her a double mastectomy. The, she was like 13. The, the redhead, redhead, yeah. Oh my gosh. And her eyes. I mean, she looked 11. You got to find this picture too. Maybe on the after show we can pull it up. Yeah, and, and the oh. sadness in her eyes after so the mastectomy. But, so sad. So, so, also 13. So, like, what are we doing if here? That, I mean, she looked really young. So I want to I point this out too, you know, at risk of pissing off YouTube. 
We just talked the other day about TikTokers who are feigning terminal illnesses for likes. We know for a fact that Instagram is making young teenage girls depressed Mm -hmm. because they don't get enough likes. Do people not think they they think that those are isolated from social uh, uh, what's what is it? Um, Social contagion, gender dysphoria. What do they call it? Rapid onset gender dysphoria. Yeah. Now, now I we I talked with uh, James Lindsay and Billboard Chris, and I I've said I think you know trans kids absolutely do exist. I think endocrine, endocrine disruptors, hormone disruptors, probably play a role in this. But I think a lot of what we're seeing in the news and with these families, a lot of these kids are undergoing social pressures from social media to 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 cave into this. And you've got a perfect storm of, you know, a young kid going through puberty, dealing with body changes popular social media content supporting transition and parents who also are, you know, falling for a salivating medical industry that can profit predatorily off of these young children. Absolutely disgusting. The Sackler family, if you look into what was a dope sick and their pushing of uh, oxycodone on the population, knowing it was addictive and telling everyone it wasn't getting the FDA to sign off, mocking people in rural areas where they were pushing this drug in their emails to one another. These not, are the no. people that are doing this to the kids. It's not, not, just, not the Sacklers, I'm not saying, but it's people like that that want profit over everything else. Now I'm just pausing for a second and looking at the news article we have pulled up and I'm like, how did we segue from Steve Bannon being charged with money laundering to trans kids? That was a fast, what, what were we talking about? Uh, I'm trying to think about what the connector was. <laughs> well, we talked was. about the AG and then we like we talked about uh, putting your ideology into. How they're weaponizing into- and then we talked, oh, oh, we- yeah. oh I got cabinet. it. I got Trump indictment. They're talking about that before the midterms. You said that they should be talking more about the people in their administration. I said, well, you can't say oh, that some right, people right, in their right. administration <laughs> are not the gender. And then we kind of got onto that. They are creating, though, if we're going to stick on the whole trans kids thing, which I would not agree with Tim that there is such thing as a trans person. I, I just wouldn't. There's people with gender dysphoria. There's people that are confused. There are people that, you know, cross dress, whatever. But anyway, they are creating lifelong slaves to the medical system because, OK, you do a quote unquote gender affirming hysterectomy where you take out a young girl's uterus and her ovaries. Oh, well, great. Now you need to freeze your eggs. Now you're going to have to use a surrogate and have to go through all of these different fertility treatments in order to have kids one day if you want to. And so they are lifelong medical patients. And of course, the medical industrial complex likes that. Mm-hmm. It's all connected. We've got two stories here that I want to I want to talk about. The first is from KUTV. Utah-based Zion's Bank opts out of participating in Boise Pride Festival. <gasps> This was over child drag shows. And Zion's Bank issued a statement saying, when we sponsored this, we did not know that they were putting minors in these kind of situations. And then Boise Pride says, oh, minors have always been involved. And it's like, that doesn't, that's not better. But this is interesting because it's showing that a a corporation is saying, we're going to lose money if we go this route. So let's not do it. But at the same time, we have another story. Game, uh, gaming charity, games done quick. Cancels Florida event citing COVID and don't say gay law. So I don't know. What is this? Florida is losing games done quick because of they wouldn't have masks and because of, quote unquote, don't say gay, the parental rights and education bill. That's a a false statement. Don't say gay. I like to call that bill. They don't say straight because it has the same effect. And then over in Utah, we're seeing a bank cancel their support for a pride event. So I I don't know. It's just it's is that at first I was thinking the Zion's Bank thing was a victory for the cultural right yeah. in that companies are finally being like, hey, that's the line for us and we won't do it. But you're also seeing companies pull out of Florida. So it's kind of like 
maybe it's just the culture is bifurcating. Why? Yeah, I think it's bifurcation. Why would banks be putting money into gay pride? All kinds do. I mean, like they sponsor it and then you see their logo and you're like, I need to get a mortgage and I'll go to that bank. And the I, same reason that they would sponsor like a half marathon or something yeah. like that. Just I genuinely, so it's for profit. It's because they're trying to get exposure. Yeah. yeah. Not necessarily because they like it, although Cause, they not because they're trying to sow division or anything. But like I, that. I wonder what happened. Like, what happened with Zion's Bank, where they were like, "Hey, you know, sponsoring the sexualization of children probably is bad for our bottom line." You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure they just got a bunch of calls. Yeah, and yeah. I, Idaho, I assume, Idaho Power did too, according to Chris Rufo. They also, really? yeah, they also made a similar statement. I think it's a really? win for the cultural right because what you're talking about about that gaming company. They've been doing that for a long time. They were doing that a few years ago. Different companies. The NCAA about that. did it when they right. wanted specific bathroom laws. The, no. the whoa, 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 whoa! Boise Pride says it's postponing child drag show due to increased safety concerns. Good. No, I think it's because they're losing money. Really? Yeah. See, that's what they do. It's the same thing with the children's hospital. They turn it into, see, now the story is not that children were involved. Now the story is that the right is so extreme and so radical they're and so them. violent that they are threatening the safety of children. The story is now conservatives pounce and mm-hmm. not that, hey, we're enticing your kid to drag shows. This is always what they do. I highly doubt they're afraid for their safety. It's it's dangerous to think that prevent attempting to prevent a child from getting experimental surgery is the danger when right. the experimental surgery actually could be considered dangerous yes yeah well it's either that or they're going to be like oh the safety threat is actually coming from the right they're threatening our event so we have to shut it down sadly. it shifts people's outrage it shifts people's compassion they forget what people were mad about in the first place and they're like oh those mean this right-wingers. is this is well, clever this is clever what, what they're going to do now is they're going to say Zion's bank didn't just pull out. They threatened us with violence. Yep. They're going to say the statement they put out was stochastic terrorism. Mm-hmm. And right. now we're forced to shut our event down. Zion's bank. And the bank's going to be like, we didn't. We didn't mean it. We're so sorry. Are this they, is this is war. They probably will backtrack. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's good, though, that they gave to pressure from the right. I mean, if this is what it is, then this is what it is. I'm the just, right I mean, I wish same. it would. The headline said, you know, uh, Boise Pride pulls event after major funder pulls out or whatever. And you can go into or like after backlash because of yeah, child involvement. Like, I don't know that this is an accurate headline and that no, bothers it's me. It's purposeful. It's right. totally purposeful. And I think that probably the way that. OK, so. Zion is probably a regional bank. It serves a lot of people in Idaho. I assume maybe Utah. And people in those communities don't like whatever Boise Pride is doing. They don't like the drag shows, right? And in Florida, the gaming company is saying, we don't, as a company, like this value. So we're not going to support here. To me, this is more interesting, the Boise Pride, because it's coming from the community. People who bank with this bank are saying, hey, I don't like this. I don't want to do it. Whereas, like, I really don't think any of the gaming customers, I mean, I would be really surprised if the gaming customers were like, hey, I'm going to stop, you know, attending your events or using your service if you don't specifically pull out of Florida. I think that is them trying to pressure Florida the same way that the NCAA tried to pressure North Carolina uh, when it said we're not going to host, you know, the NCAA basketball. I think it was I think it was basketball that year uh, because that has a direct influence on revenue. It's a huge uh, win for the state. I think, you know, Republicans have a huge opportunity in this uh, midterm to have a uh, supermajority if they campaigned properly. And I think the campaigning is simple because a lot of people ask me, like, how do I get through to my family and friends? They're too woke. They don't listen. And I'm like, you don't argue with them. You feign interests like, you know, I shouldn't say feign, but like hear them out. And then you can simply respond with, 
yeah, man, you know, Trump, he can be scary. But I think the weird thing to me is all these child sex change surgeries that keep happening. And then when they say, what are you, what, what are you talking about? Be like, oh, I don't know. I was just reading something in like Washington Post about children getting sex changes. Oh my I gosh. It was weird. Show the picture of the, the 13-year-old with the no, double no, no, mastectomy, no, man. Those nope. stitches across the chest are just visceral. That's, that's level two. The first point is just to say, this is something that I find odd. And then don't fight with them. Don't argue with them. And if they're like, I don't know what you're talking about, be like, oh, I don't know. Here, let me show you. And then just pull up the article on child sex change surgery and then be like, yeah, here, like they're whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Are you? And then, and then genuinely just don't be mean. Don't be like, it's wrong. And you're su supporting it. You got to be like, I mean, then you do what Ian said. You pull the picture and be like, I don't know. You know, look at this picture and be like Crazy. that, that, I don't know. Yeah. I saw that and I was just kind of like, I don't know what's going on anymore. I had a I had a guy, a professor from St. Mary's on my show, and I had him on because he said that the whole grooming thing, us calling people groomers on the left was a part of an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory that had to do with QAnon. So I wanted to have him on the show and ask him about that. Um, and he claimed to be conservative himself and claimed to be a Christian. And so we kind of went back and forth and I just like pulled up some articles and was like, do you support this? Here is an example of a teacher ideologically grooming a kid. Do you support like these teachers pressuring kindergartners to use they them pronouns and just like make them kind of answer for that? Of course, you're not going to be that bombastic with a family member. But once they're met with those kind of specific examples and they have to answer for their support, he very quickly backed up and was like, well, no, 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 no. And tried to kind of narrow his opposition. Once you can kind of make them do that, I think you can make them realize what's really going on. Yeah, I think part of it is you also have to hear like what you have to hear past what they are using as an example to hear what the concern is, right? If you hear, well, Donald Trump is terrible and he's aggressive and he's rude and whatever else, like if they can't tie to a specific example, it's that Donald Trump represents an ideology that is different than what they're used to. And they're not going to be receptive if you shout back at them. You have to understand where someone is coming from. Yeah. My dad gets really loud. His name is also Tim. And he'll be like, Donald Trump, that guy. That guy. And he's like getting loud. And I'm just thinking like, I'm so happy because he's communicating with me. That's all I care about at that point. I don't, I, I'm just happy that he's letting it out. Yeah, have I you think asked him why he's so mad at Trump? Next next time I want to get deeper. Yeah, last time my mom was like, oh, Tim, you're getting angry. And he's like, I'm not getting angry, Becky. I just think <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're fucking hilarious. But I do, I do think part of it is like people are unwilling to have these conversations because we see uh, discourse on uh, things people disagree on as so volatile most of the time. It's better not to have the conflict. And I think part of that is on you. You have to control how you react and keep yourself accountable to being civil and, you know, talking with compassion as much as you can about these issues while not just compromising your viewpoint, right? Like you have to be honest about how you feel. I think so often people are afraid to say like, I actually don't agree with you because they think the fallout will be so bad and it doesn't have to be. We need more courage. You know, I, I, I mentioned this before. It is not courageous for the people who work here on this show to say our opinions because we know we have a company where our opinions you're allowed to say. Right. Courageous is the guy who works at a steel mill who speaks up and says it. Courageous is the person who works at a school who speaks up and say it and says it. And uh, it's tough, but we need more people to stand up and just be like, hey, man, the child sex change thing is a line too far. Like, I ain't going there. I ain't voting for those people. I If you can't, that's the thing. If if you as a, as a, as a regular old American cannot publicly say i refuse to vote for child sex change surgery then we're they were screwed we're, we're seriously because because like like that story that. to me was just like yeah that's that's beyond the line 
You know, like for me, I voted for Trump, uh, you know, in 2020 for a variety of reasons that did not broach children getting sex change surgery. Now we're at that point where I'm kind of like, how could any reasonable person who agrees with us keep quiet now knowing this stuff has been happening? Children, young girls, some as young as 13, getting double mastectomies. Yeah. I, I mean, I can tell you, unfortunately, I spent a lot of time on white woman Instagram and liberal woman Instagram, which is the worst place on earth. And you would be surprised at the number of like suburban kind of conservative Christian moms who buy this idea that, well, it is compassionate to allow kids to do this because they might commit suicide or I don't have a say in this, their doctors, their parents know best, or who believe in like the propaganda about not being able to get miscarriage care. There's a lot of misinformation. It's what we were talking about, like that toxic empathy piece that I think so many women, especially Christian women, are just totally manipulated by. They're just manipulated by the maxims that trans women are wisdom, women and things like that. And so, I, I mean, that's how they're drawn in. Fake compassion, toxic empathy. It's pretty easy to get people to believe anything if you tell them that doing so makes them sound like a good person. You, you mentioned toxic empathy. I think it's fascinating. Did you? Is that what you wrote about in a book? Or was this just something that's you've been focusing I'm, on? Uh, well, that's, yeah, it's something, it, and it's not just me. It's something that a lot of, I would say, like conservative Christians have been talking about for a long time because there's such a problem of progressivism within the the church and it's this idea that we have to lead with empathy we have to see with empathy we have to discuss everything with empathy and like look empathy has its place it can be really good to be able to put yourself in someone else's shoes but if that's the only thing that you're doing then you're going to make really stupid decisions because you don't look at the facts you don't look at what's true you are partial in your judgment making you're deferring to to one person over the other because you think it's compassionate to do so and it's going to make you make decisions that have really bad consequences like open borders like social justice crime policies because you're told that's empathetic they have deadly consequences i think that there are a lot of women and maybe you would know more about this from your social media stalking but i think there are a lot of women who fear being bad moms and doing wrong by their child and so it's easy to then say like well, if their doctor says it's a good idea to do this, I'll just commit to this lifestyle because I don't want them to ever look back and be like, you're the one who made me suicidal. You're the yeah. one who made me depressed. Well, sure. And Abigail Schreier would definitely say there are people like that, but it's more the women who go along with it, their kids aren't involved, but you know, who just go along with it. But they want their kids to have the friends. Well, they're more concerned about how other moms see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the good news and the bad news. From TimCast.com, The Economist's midterm model shows Republicans have a 74% chance of winning the House. Democrats have a 78% chance of holding the Senate. Kind of sucks, huh? Yeah. You definitely have to go vote, is what I'd say. People get so bad at me when I'm like, hey, man, a red wave is not guaranteed. They're like, don't be a black pillar. Don't be a doomsayer. I'm like, oh, I, I have said it once. I will say it again. All. I think all. conservatives can get complacent. I mean, conservative, not just Republicans, but libertarians who lean on the conservative side. Like anybody who falls in this scope, they can be like, well, it's close enough. We'll just trust it's going to happen. That's not enough. You have to remain more active than that. Well, I think a lot of people are thinking like, okay, if Republicans do take control, yes, that's better than Democrats having control. But really what's going to happen? Are there going to be a lot of strongly worded letters? Are there going to be more like investigations that are televised? Like what's really going to happen? What are Republicans going to do? Strongly worded letters. Yeah. That's about what they do. They're really good at that. Yeah. Print yeah. more money. Think they'll yeah, just keep yeah. printing money and ignore the Federal Reserve. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. sad. 
That's but the we are saying like that's if all governments. But did. this is why they're freaking out so much about the MAGA Republicans because the MAGA Republicans actually are going to do something. Mm-hmm. They at least do something. Yeah. Now the MAGA Republicans. Who do you think that Joe Biden is thinking of? Do you think he's thinking of like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt oh, yeah. Gates, those kind oh, of yeah. people? Lauren yeah. Boebert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, well, mm-hmm. but also look at the people who are winning. Right when Liz Cheney lost, he probably cried. Yeah. You know him and him and all of his Democrat buddies were like, no, you know our 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 spy. Yeah. lost her <laughs> but know. she is on the subcommittee she is supposed to get reelected. it's like Liz Cheney is effectively a Democrat and that says so much about what the Democratic Party has become like they're supporting this woman is just but I think that speaks to the fact that they a lot of left-leaning people want uh, consensus they want people to agree with the stances that they have and the idea that they're that true policy and governing comes from debate with people who believe differently than you do and whose ideas are different than yours uh, isn't as easy to build consensus around, right? Because it involves conflict. This is this is similar to what 538 has. They're, they're, they're 538 saying 70 out of 100 simulations show Democrats winning the Senate. Who connected this one? This is The Economist. Oh, okay, okay. And think about how sad that is. That Republicans were up in the generic ballot and now Democrats are back up. The Republicans just don't know how to campaign because they don't understand emotions. Michael Malice made a really good point that Democrats voted for this guy. What was his name? Mel in 2000, the Missouri senator guy. You want to look him up? He died. What's his name? And they look look it up. Senator dies and gets elected. It was in 2000. A Democrat died and they still voted for the guy. And so he he was like, Republican. That's Repu- happened. He, he, said, he said Republicans going after Fetterman's health are making a mistake because they don't understand. Totally. Democrats have literally elected a dead man. And then the governor had to yes. appoint someone and appointed his widow to run. Oh, way more often. I mean, this was uh, there's a podcast called Missing Alaska that talks about uh, Alaska, the last Democratic Alaskan senator uh, or congressman, uh, Nick Begich and then Hale Boggs from Louisiana both went missing. I, I believe <laughs> they were declared dead at the time of their election, but they were definitely missing. No one like their plane blew up. No one knows where That's it is right. to this day. They both That's got reelected. Right. Hale Boggs's widow took over, his, ran and took over his seat. Check and this. Nick Who was it? This, uh, his name is Mel Carnahan. This is this. I've never heard this before tonight. Uh, on November 7th, 2000, select the next U.S. Senator from Missouri incumbent Republican Senator John Ashcroft ran for re-election for a second term, but he was defeated by Democratic Governor Mel Carnahan, despite Carnahan's death in a plane crash three weeks before the election day. Despite that. He, he died, and then three weeks later, people yeah. hated the other guy so much they still voted for the dead guy. <laughs> for the guy yeah. who died. For whatever reason. <laughs> Come ignorance. on, dude. Republicans. That is party loyalty. Yeah. Like, that's intense. <laughs> yeah. I think that after the, I think it was the second debate between Trump and Biden, when Trump just like would not let Biden finish talking there was a lot of sympathy i saw on social media for biden it wasn't mm-hmm. like oh he looks weak i think people kind of wanted someone that was weak which is really sad but i think a lot of people do because of that emotional piece well i think people get the big criticism of trump is that he's too aggressive he's too harsh and he's moved too extreme so it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 
on the opposite, Biden seems like this career polished, you know, soft spoken uh, incumbent. He's or at old. Least. It's because he's old, and, and I, people, I really fundamentally like, believe that like it reminds it's a mistake. Of their, but, you know, of their grandfather. Yeah, you don't want somebody yelling at your grandfather. Yeah. It's kind of cute that he takes a nap at four p.m. and he can't finish <laughs> his sentences. Aww. Well, and it makes him hard to attack because if you attack him, you're like... You're attacking my grandpa. Yeah, and you're attacking like an elderly person. Like, that's weird. Yeah, like he's nasty and he's always been nasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I th- would love to see Republicans see this poll and become more motivated, right? Yes. I think a lot... This is sort of a dangerous period for conservative-leaning voters because they'll be as much as possible discouragement and you'll see a lot of left-leaning press say like well this this race has basically become unwinnable and like you'll read the article that'll be the headline and they'll read the article and be like well i don't i don't really know that that's true Uh, i think that the red wave is not a guarantee i think that it's definitely something that you'd have to stay committed to as voters but i also think that like they the other side of the aisle would like you to be discouraged i kind of feel like when uh the, the republican primary in pennsylvania was happening Donald Trump picked up his phone. He's like, I'm going to be giving an endorsement to a great candidate. And then right when the phone goes up to his head, a, 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 a squirrel dropped, a, dropped an apple on his head. He went, Dong, Oz, Dr. Oz, vote for him. Huh. And then all of a sudden, the news press, like the press runs with it. Trump endorses Oz. And, and now Republicans are going to lose Pennsylvania. You think so? You think that that, I mean, I know you don't literally think that's what happened, but I think it's like, <laughs> yeah, but I think it's very, I think it's very Trumpy. I think it's very Trumpy to be Dr. like, he's like, Oz. you were on TV yes. and I was on well, TV. Well, this is my friend, like him and Hannity <laughs> and Dr. Oz have been friends for a long time. I think that is what Trump cares about far more than any ideology. And I Dr. will Oz say that Oz, Oz has gained in the polls he's still trailing but he's only like five points behind fetterman now fetterman just agreed to have a debate in mid-october i mean like i think you know okay, i don't want to maybe he hand. can win it's maybe like he, he could win. but that's the thing like we feel like he can't we're, we're already counting pennsylvania out and like i just feel like it is too early to call even all of this modeling you know it will dramatically change so much because we know the final basically six weeks before the election can produce some crazy changes did you see fetterman's speech when he was bumbling his words and saying the wrong stuff like he had a stroke about a year ago or something six months ago uh, he had a stroke Um, in may and the day that he won the primary he was actually undergoing surgery the guy is messed up in the head right now he's not equipped to run a state this is freakish Well, so that's what pat toomey said he endorsed oz before but then in this recent coverage of like because he first um federal was like no i'm not doing a debate like you guys are bullying me and you are making fun of my recovery and oz was seen as really aggressive being like look if you want to represent the state come out and represent the state and then uh, recently pat toomey was like the thing is if you're in congress you have to be able to speak clearly you have to be able to endure like you need to be able to do this like it's actually not unreasonable that there would there he, would, he should be on it, a debate. it would be yeah. reasonable they, you would step down from congress no, if you no, suffer no. a mind-altering stroke well they yeah. should give him a, a bell that he can have on his right hand, that he can ding, and then the nurse can have a list of the letters. I've been watching Breaking Bad a lot. Oh, so. No, I mean, like, I mean, part of, like, what's hard about it is, so the uh, Oz campaign, sorry, I wrote about this for TimCast.com, so I'm up to date on this one. All right. Uh, uh, the Oz campaign had offered him, they had said, like, we want to do five debates, and we'll offer you all kinds of accommodations. You can have an earpiece to talk to your staff. We can have more than one uh, bathroom break. You can have something to sit on, like, and the wow, bathroom break seems nice. kind of insulting, I think. It makes him feel like he's geriatric. And he was like, no, you guys are like, you guys are not respecting my, you're supposed to be a doctor and you're not respecting my recovery. It's serious. I'm getting better. I'm getting stronger. But like, this is insulting. And they held two. the Oz campaign held two and was like, no, you should 
have a debate like it's traditional this is not i think pennsylvania has been having debates in the senate race since 2016 yeah uh and the oz campaign hasn't committed they said it's going to be mid mid to late october they won't say when but it's this this back and forth where like oz seems aggressive and i think a lot of republicans are like please stop don't do that but the other hand they're producing results i mean he is getting this debate which he said he wanted he was on the defense i feel like oz was on the defense for a long time like they were trying to do funny like twitter memes and that's just not gonna work it's snooki fetterman had snooki in one of his campaigns which was funny jersey that was that was yeah and it was funny like fetterman's social media strategy has been good and And he has been most sorry cut you up but he's been mostly virtual while he's been recovering from his stroke right which has been good and i think it's good that oz kind of decided okay that's not going to be my game it has actually kind of pressed him because if you're not strong enough to debate you're not strong enough to lead the state i feel like fetterman is more likable than dr oz yeah for sure and he's america's coolest mayor says the guardian right You, you you take politics out of it like i don't like the democratic party and i don't like most of the republican party but you take politics out of it and you've got a dude who's cracking jokes and wearing a hoodie and then some doctor in a suit talking about crudite. And it's like, I don't know, man. I think that that's a big factor yeah. because people voted for Barack Obama because he was a celebrity. People voted for Justin Trudeau. Women did because he was a hunk. Huh. That was mm-hmm. like that was, was like a poll or something that came out, right? Like the women were like, we voted for Trudeau because he was attractive or something. Must be Canadian women. I'm- oh, well, I think a lot of people vote for candidates because they're attractive. Mm-hmm. I mean, Didn't Trudeau do like a weird yoga thing on his desk or something? And then Trudeau is weird. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Trudeau is weird. I agree. <laughs> He's a weirdo. Um, but that's what gets you votes, man. Yeah. Well, and also, like, they have this the hometown boy versus, like, no, I mean. No, 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 no. Crazy. I'm not saying that. I'm saying he's more He's personal, more relatable. Relatable, For sure. Though. But he's yeah. been, I feel like he's been seeding this. I mean, he's lieutenant governor. He's been prepping for this race for a while. Uh, he was celebrated during COVID. He did a lot of stuff that people in Pennsylvania supposedly liked. He was making the rounds with his wife on like different relationship podcasts, talking about their marriage and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I I think he has tried to prepare to be the most likable candidate. Obviously unpredictable that he had this stroke, right? No one really could have seen this one coming. Um, but I do think that he was the guaranteed winner of the Democratic primary for a long time, which made it much harder to calculate who he was going to be up against. And the, the I think the hardest criticism that I hear of Oz is that he's maybe from New Jersey or something. And that's yeah. maybe not enough for Pennsylvania well, voters. And he was like pro transiting the kids a few years ago maybe not pro but he platformed it on a show Mm. and he was anti-second amendment so that was my big that was my big thing also i didn't like the primary against kathy barnett when he had all of these like republican trolls coming out against kathy barnett and just straight up lying about her for the sake of he has been running a super aggressive campaign it's it's wild you know regarding fetterman's rise to power what he's been doing he's been working at this his whole life he's been aiming at this his whole life i have compassion for someone that is about to run the race of their life and they break their ankle but you don't run the race in those situations if your ankle's busted i have compassion but not to a fault like what you're talking about earlier that's yeah. dangerous if right. you want to love some ill person and let them run your life you're gonna die that's the that's the result of it you, you have to make the best healthiest person in charge they've they've elected dead people yeah They've literally well, we are at a breaking point. This is I mean, it, is, on, it, is, is it. This is this I is say, the moment when the world is looking yeah, at us to lead. I um you know in in in, in a hard re- idealistic sense, I actually think voting for the dead person is the better thing to do because then you have no one in that chair screwing everything up. The problem is in real life 
they just appoint someone to fill the seat. So you're voting for nobody. Yeah. You're voting for the governor to just be able to put in whoever they want. Which if you live in a state where the governor's in your party and you trust him is why you would do that, right? So if you are in a blue state and your Democratic person dies or goes missing and you think that the governor will appoint another Democrat to fill the spot, like, yeah, you co- you cast your ballot along party lines. I love that meme. That's uh, You've probably seen it. It says, vote nobody. Yeah. Nobody supports the people. Nobody cares about the working class. Nobody, nobody will, will fight corruption. Nobody cares about you. Vote for nobody. That's right. And it's like, that's a great meme. There you go. Yeah, but, you know, it's a bit jaded. I think we've got some good MAGA Republicans who are uh, who are in Congress, who are running. I'm uh, a fan know, I, of uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene forcing the floor votes. That's such a fantastic move. I tweeted know. this out, and I wonder what you guys think. Do, do you need political zealots to run a government? No. What do you mean? Do you need in How order to in order to run zealot? a government to have a government function? Do you need political zealots involved? People that you don't need it. Love politics that want to politic think, and talk. I about think people the have to want to be a public officer in America. I don't think someone who is unwilling can sustain the lifestyle, right? But I also think that we forget we see the elected official and we forget that they have advisors and staff and other people who are helping write their policies. Like there are a lot of ways to be involved with influencing. Uh, politics in the government you don't have to just be the person on the poster re-election bothers me because people shouldn't be in and thinking about their next term that should never never even remotely be part of the they equation. should just be allowed to be what in if they get in they do well, the job they're, they're four years and they're out or eight well, years well, 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 what but if they're really on, good like, and you want them to come back then, what if you thank you start a business and i'll follow you on instagram but what if i thought they were putting out good policies and i want them then, to stay then in keep office. talking about your policies on twitter and i'll follow you but you're done in politics after that you but then you create shadow governments we already have shadow governments you make them worse i don't think so man if you want to say this is a we have a government here and that you're a governor of people's minds then yeah maybe but like it may there is power to social media and, and socializing and getting cults of people to do what you say maybe what happens is you know like someone gets elected to a first term right and then we don't, they don't have to worry about re-election because we just make it a lifetime appointment and then you gotta you gotta worry about what happens after that well it's simple we just have whatever position they had transferred to their children the, the firstborn. Oh, oh, that's I perfect. See. Yeah, there you go. Oh, and then primogeniture. And, and then you don't got to worry about reelections. Yeah. And then what we'll do is, if they don't have kids, we we eliminate the position. And then you know, eventually, this can make everything way easier. Yeah. There's just one person who inherits the. We'll call it a throne. Oh, and yeah. then they're in charge. And then when they die, their kid takes over. Oh, and just is, one person. This is novel. I wonder yeah. why no one has thought of that. Yeah. yeah super simple. It yeah. seems like. And the then natural, no one's got to worry about yeah. reelections. Wow. No term limits. None of that. Just there you go. I think I want my politicians to be thinking about their re-election. I want them to be thinking about their next term. Don't do that. I'm not going to vote for you. I want them to be scared. I think term limits, if you have term limits and they know that they're out of office no matter what, why do they have to listen to what their voters or constituents want? Why do they have to care? Because they want to survive after they're out of office. You're saying people will attack them? Uh, will kill them? I didn't them? say that. I'm, if you go into office and you betray and destroy people's lives, you better run for your life. I mean, you're, that's not a good no, position to be in as on, a human. Man. Look, I don't want the consequence to be. Look at the history of humanity. Congressional approval. Yeah, I, I, what's the congressional approval rating? Seventeen percent. So no one likes these people. <laughs> well, I'm talking worst case scenario. If a leader goes in and, and rapes and pillages his population, they're not like look at Libya. Look at what they did to Muammar Gaddafi. Huh. Okay. I don't want to. But you mean I don't France think we're and NATO about, with airstrikes? Like, I'm just talking level. about Hillary Clinton. I mean, there are already politicians that go in and betray their constituents all the time, and they don't get killed. Liz Cheney is out of office, but she's not dead. Well, they're not really betray. I mean. They're not betraying people. I don't think the politicians have really. I mean, they're maybe maybe them siphoning off our wealth is a form of betrayal, but yeah, I certainly think so. I don't feel like well, they're, let's, let's, they're let's, making things worse. 
It just doesn't feel like they're making things better. I want to talk about a cultural issue before we go to Super Chat. So we have one more segment. This is from Podcast Movement. Yeah. Heavens. They've apologized to Ben Shapiro, (laughs) saying, as we stated, we're continuing to evaluate our policies guiding social media and events with inclusivity, diversity and respect for all. We have to start by sincerely apologizing to Mr. Shapiro for our reaction. When he visited a booth, we sold his company. That wasn't right. Just just think about how insane that is. Yes, we'll sell you a booth. You show up to said booth. We condemn you showing up, even though you paid us and we knew you were coming. sold it to me. So I can respect them now for coming out and uh, saying the right thing and apologizing to Ben. They say it began in 2014 when four podcasters had an idea to create a community, blah, blah. We're now looking to move forward as we focus on that original mission from 2014, being a hub for podcasting events. Okay, you know know what? Look, I respect it. You know, always give respect where respect is due. They said it was wrong. They're apologizing to Ben Shapiro. Fine. Daily Wire, why don't you just create a podcasting convention? They probably are already working on it. Yeah. Jeremy's podcasts. Stop giving (laughs) money to people who hate you. Do another commercial and then we'll get a booth there too. That'll be great. We'll do a podcast there. Yeah, but don't call it podcast because that's an Apple thing. The iPod. Uh, you know, Xerox. We'll call it. Yeah. A show. Just a show. A but bro- it's like a it's broadcast. more specific. A broadcast maybe? Yeah. Yeah, that was know. really weird. Like I know what you're saying, but I also don't have the right word because podcast has become so specific in our vernacular. Broadcast comes from when they used to cast seeds when they would plant a field. They'd cast broadly and they called it a broadcast and then it just kept in the vernacular until all of a sudden now. So we could wow. retake broadcast. Isn't it weird if you think about new. it though? Like the, this, the the launch of podcasts, people had iPods and then someone was like, I'm going to make a talk show to put on your iPod. And then like all of a sudden people were listening to these things. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. so weird. And Apple's like, we're going to get their That's minds. Really but then when like forever. Spotify was like, we, we want those too. They had to keep calling them podcasts. They should stop. Yeah. But did, well, like again, what's the alternative? Shows. I mean, this is I called know. the vodcast. Yeah, video. Video on demand cast. Hmm. That's right. Vods, yeah. Vodcast. Nice. So we... Uh, Forget Apple. Are yeah. you a vodcast too? Yeah, I'm a vodcast. Wow. Yeah. So I, don't, I don't call it that. I call it a podcast. Yeah. But so like Rogan's is called a vodcast. This is a vodcast. Same with like video, vlog, video. like a video log. VOD means video on demand. So it's like, it's not a podcast. Like podcast was on iPods. Mm-hmm. And now these talk shows are video on demand. Yeah, on vodcast, media. dude. That's it. That's what it's called. Yeah, these are vodcasts now. But that's well. They're also shows. I like show because it's one syllable. But show could be like that's a theater. True. Like I'm, I'm almost thinking it's too non-specific to be like, we're, come to our show convention. Like, are you putting on yeah. theater performances? Are we going to the movies? Talk like, show. Talk, talk show. Yeah. But well, if you're talking uh, to someone who doesn't know, and then what do you do? Oh, I has a podcast. You wouldn't say vodcast. Right. They'll understand yeah. it. Yeah. I guess. I but I'm not show, against actually. coming up with show. a new word. I like do think we could definitely come yeah, up with a word. Yeah, I don't like Google as a verb either. I don't like that these corporations are in people's minds. I don't do that anymore. I don't, I Just say bing search it. it. Yeah. I say bing it. Duck, duck, go it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Search it search. on Google if you want. So oh, the God. point, the reason I brought this story up was not to debate words and semantics, what? but to Why? point out another culture, culture war victory. And they named, they said Ben Shapiro specifically by name. I think that's Mr. good. Mr. Shapiro. It could have been very easy to be like, we're sorry if any of our actions upset someone, no one in particular though. You know, there's a I guy. why they did this. Like, why did they apologize? That, you know, there's two, there's two Ben Shapiros in media. There's probably more, to be honest. But uh, the editor, I think the editor of Vice Magazine. His name is Ben Shapiro? Literally Ben Shapiro. Yeah, and when I worked at Vice, Ben Shapiro. And then he was like, at the time, this was back when Ben only had maybe like 20,000 followers or something. And so it was funny because people would mix up the two Ben Shapiros. I don't know what he does now, though, but, you know, clearly one Ben Shapiro is more He tries to go by Benjamin Shapiro now? Yeah. Yes. I'm pretty sure he does. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder like, if there are other You lost people. your name. Like, imagine that. You, imagine, you like, it. your yeah. name is, like, John Smith or whatever. 
You know, let's say let's say your name is you know I don't know something more uh, weird. Ian Crossland. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's Ian, a good one. And like um, imagine like when you're coming on the show, Ian. There's another dude who's like got a master's degree in like he's he's like a master a chem he's got a, he's got a PhD let's say PhD he's actually doing graphene research experiments and he's going around talking about how how much he wants graphene and then everyone's like oh you're that graphene Ian Crossland guy and he's like yeah I am from that podcast that hippie weirdo no no I'm the PhD <laughs> sorry you lost your name someone else is now more famous than you with the same name so but they're then contacting you and being like tell us about your experience in your doctorate program and you're like what no that person wouldn't exist and that other guy has to go by like ian jamin crossland now (laughs) should we get rid of names and just use numbers then (laughs) yeah that works yes be a lot of them ic74316 what is your opinion on graphene i was going to change my name to ian like prince or Cher. (laughs) i was about to man i was going through a midlife crisis i didn't do it anyway my point is i guess what i was trying to get to why do you think they're 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 backpedaling yeah i don't know it just seems like they're under duress or something it feels like the right is getting cultural pressure and companies are now realizing it's not worth it did you see what christopher rufo tweeted about disney registered voters disapproving of Disney. Now they're underwater, I guess. Mm. Like, no, no, no. Their approval rating among voters is 51%. Among independents, it's 47. Among Republicans, it's like in the 20s or something. So Disney is... surprising to me, actually. Not me. Like, have you you seen the latest stuff they've been producing? I have, but I'm always always surprised at how much people are paying attention, I guess. Yeah, but I kind of feel like it's it's, watching Disney is the, the, the definition of not paying attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're trying to watch Marvel and then they, they show you She-Hulk twerking or something, you're going to be like, okay, hold on a minute. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not okay with whatever it is they're doing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're political. Mm-hmm. You know? Jennifer Lawrence wants everyone to be political. Well, she's afraid of Tucker Carlson. She's, she's having, she's having nightmares. Probably right now, she's having a nightmare about Tucker Carlson. Oh, Poor girl. Aww. So strange. <laughs> but here's what I said. She's hung out with Harvey they Weinstein. Said, yeah. They said I she see. had nightmares starring Tucker Carlson. It's like, for all we know, her nightmare was like aliens are abducting, abducting her. Oh, and, and he and saved her. Tucker's got like yeah. an Iron Man suit and he saves her. That yeah. probably disturbs her. Does, yeah. I, I would does that rather... mean that she watches him regularly for him to show up in her subconscious? <laughs> yes, it does. That's what that means, I would never have a dream about Chris Hayes because I've never watched the show before. Right, right, right. What if she's like hate watching him every night? Yeah, they say like sometimes people that you see on the street or like that you interact with in a restaurant will come will be in your subconscious because your mind remembers their face, right? But she's seeing Tucker Carlson so frequently she can identify him in her dreams. Like that's I think actually telling us like what's going on at home. They're they're not like they're not nightmares. They're they're actually amazing. I imagine she's not, you know, you have a nightmare, you you know, you wake up in a cold sweat. No, 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 no. She's having beautiful fantasy dreams where she's on the, riding on the back of a stallion and Tucker like you know he's like they, they, they trot up to like a beautiful waterfall with a rainbow and birds of paradise and then she goes oh hold me Tucker and then he's like you're so beautiful and then she wakes up just like normally with her eyes slowly opening goes waiting on a tax return hopefully it ends up in your hands fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023 if you're in a bind this tax season LifeLock can help our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Okay, that was a nightmare. Sad. That's it. Yeah. She's actually having the deep really fantasies. I'm supposed to not like that, right? Yeah. Okay, then it was a nightmare, not a yeah. beautiful exactly. experience. A beautiful experience. 
She's only calling it a nightmare because she doesn't want to tell people she's dreaming of, of Tucker Carlson. She does. Well, she keeps telling show. us that she's dreaming about Tucker Carlson. <laughs> like she just told us that he's Let's, hanging okay. out in her subconscious. I, I learned from the best in media. Thank you, Brian Stelter. Headline, Jennifer Lawrence has recurring dreams about Tucker Carlson. Or how about Jennifer Lawrence constantly is constantly dreaming about being with Tucker Carlson. Boom. Yep. There we go. I, want, I wonder if she's in the dreams with him. I got to know more. I want to know about, the, I want to know everything <laughs> yeah. about these dreams. Jen, just tell me, I want I want the whole. It would actually be funny if the dreams were like, she walks into an office building and Tucker's a receptionist and he's like, just fill out this form, sign here and go up to the third floor. And then she's like, ah, like what if it's, it's like, the most banal and mundane experience. She's like in bed and her husband is like secretly watching Car Tucker Carlson while she's asleep. <laughs> and that's what it is. He's like hearing dreams. her voice. And so she's like seeing him in her dreams, but yeah. actually like it's oh. her husband's like, I'm a closet conservative. When I, when I would go to sleep watching Adult Swim, I would have Scooby-Doo dreams all the time. <laughs> and I was like constantly in the mystery machine, you know, with, with, with Scooby. And it was, it was funny because like Scooby and Shaggy would be saying things. And then in my dream, I'm like responding to them, but they weren't talking back. And it was the weirdest experience. And then I would slowly wake up and Scooby-Doo is on. You know, that's, that's probably that's it. That's it. That's Jennifer what's happening. It's her husband. He's, yeah. he's a huge Joker Carlson fan. <laughs> She's he's like, yeah, we're, we're going to bed. No problem. Like you, you lay down. I'll, I'll <laughs> she's just having, she's, so that means she's like having a dream where she's like driving in her car and Tucker sitting next to her going, and now the Democrats want to want to steal it, you know? Which, like, I agree. It might be feel very strange to suddenly have Tucker Carlson like lecturing at you in your dreams, but especially if you think yeah. you don't watch him, but you secretly do. Celebrities apparently. are very weird. She said that she became a liberal from watching Thirty Rock. Yeah, yeah I did see that, that one. But yeah. but she Liz says Lemon, Liz Lemon was a Trump was a, was a was a Republican. Well, I, yeah, I don't know which part of Thirty Rock made her a liberal. I don't think it makes any sense at all. This is what's also, crazy. she was like, I watched it when I was like thirteen, and you want to be like. So you're super grounded in your political opinions. And yeah. yeah. Okay. Liz Lemon in 30 Rock goes into, I can't remember whose office, and she says that she tells her friends she voted for Obama, but she secretly voted for McCain. That's funny. She was a secret McCain voter. Wow. Maybe that's like, what she's trying to tell us. You can be a Democrat outwardly, but you can hide it. You can actually vote for Republican secret. Yeah, like, like secret Trump supporters. That's what she, but the crazy Jennifer Lawrence thing is, is saying, like, that's why she watches Tucker but, but, Carlson. But hold on, like, what kind of person voted for John McCain? It's interesting because... A large portion of the current younger Trump supporters are not fans of John McCain at all. Yeah. Like war hawk, warmonger. But Liz Lemon did. And she's liberal. She's further right than most of the Trump supporters, to be honest. I don't know. I don't know. What a weird way to become liberal. <laughs> I watched a, a show person. where. When I was 13. Yeah. I want someone else to be like, I became an anarchist because I watched How I Met Your Mother. And you're like, what? What? That doesn't what? make any sense. Who said that? What? Oh, I'm just making it up. Oh. Right. That's one way to become an anarchist. Yep. I realized that life was pointless. Yeah. <laughs> I became a, a, a nihilist from watching Big Bang Theory. Yeah, oh, Because okay. I realized people actually like this stuff. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Big Bang Theory is so not funny. Yeah. It is the <laughs> least funny show I have ever watched in my life. Have, like, you ever, have you ever seen it when they do... Um, they take out the laugh track. The yeah, laugh... Oh. Oh, uh, oh my it's gosh. It's so comfortable. <laughs> and it's like what happens is like dude walks in and then he's like, what are you doing? And the guy goes... I'm working on my thesis. And he goes, just like a Fibonacci sequence. Oh, so uncomfortable. And then they just, uh, it's it. And so then you're like, awkward. what? But like, there's, I remember watching one where he's like, that's my favorite Fibonacci number. And then there's like a laugh track. And I'm like, where's the joke? What? Yeah. Dude, I don't, I, I, Look, I don't It's get off it, the man. air now. Okay. Yeah. Is it? I think so. Yeah, right. I think so. It was like a big 
It was like, hot, but they, of, it was like, I mean, people like the show. 10 somehow. to 15. But I think, I don't think people they, think they feel smart because it's like smart? some science words in there. Oh. And so they're like, oh, yeah, words. science. And hey, then, look, I think 30 Rock was fantastic. I like 30 Rock. Yeah, 30 Rock was funny. My husband and I both like that. Are All you right. now a Democrat because of Liz Lemon? I am. That's why I came on the show to tell you. <laughs> You're coming out I am, I am coming out as a liberal Good because tell. of Liz Lemon. Yeah. Cool. There we go. All right, everybody. We're going to go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button? Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends and head over to TimCast.com. We're going to have that extra fun members only show coming up at about 11 p.m. Let's read what y'all have to say. We got Daft End who says, woke leftists. I don't believe you can call yourself a libertarian and have any respect for a monarch let alone one who raised and protected a son allegedly worse than Hunter Biden. Uh, I disagree. I can say I don't like monarchy. I don't like the queen, but I still think that you um, you don't win, win friends with salad. Is that the saying? Salad? Yeah, you don't win friends with salad, remember? That's true. That's yeah. the, the, the old saying? I had no uh, idea that was the saying. The point is, rabbits so. everywhere you are don't, You don't walk up to somebody who's mourning and gloat and laugh at them and tell them how evil and stupid they are and how yes. awful they're like. That, that doesn't, that, that's not going to win you, you know, win your friends over. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I guess I, I can say criticizing the son and the actions of the parent are, are I agree with that, actually. What son so, are they talking about? Andrew? Prince Andrew. Yeah. Oh, he worked with Epstein. Didn't he do stuff with Epstein? Worked with? with? I don't yeah. know. That's one way to put it. It's a gentle <laughs> yeah. phrase. Yeah, I also don't a... think, I think there's probably no one on earth who's uh, immune from criticism. And again, you should criticize your government. Shaky Own says, this is for Ian to get a thesaurus. Ian, we're literally going to use that to order you a thesaurus. Let's do it. And I'm then we'll down. put it on the table. Yeah, yeah, it's functional. But I have one on my computer. What's the word you need? Um, give me another word for... Um, what's How would you describe Prince Andrew? Um, can't say it on YouTube. Yeah, I was going to say... Okay, gonna what about, what about Hunter Biden? Crackhead. Crack is, there a, is there another... Uh, is there a synonym for crackhead? I bet there is. Alternative substance enthusiast. There you go. <laughs> You're welcome. Alternative substance. Druggy. That's a good yeah, one. Is that Junk, junkie. Yeah. I mean, these are old. Junkie. Also. Sniffer. Yeah. Sniffer. Taker. Sniffer. He got that from I his dad. Yeah. Hunter. Sniffer Biden. Smackhead. That's a good one. Sniffer. Well, that's Joe Sniffer yeah. Biden. Yeah. yeah, from his dad. It's weird how it works both ways. Family well, there's tradition. junkie with an IE and there's junkie with a Y. Oh, really? Yeah. Different wow. words, huh? Dopehead. important. Polaris says, I was kind of bummed to see Michael Malice decided to send out so many tasteless tweets about the queen, including one about inbreeding. I'm not a fan, um, but, you know, as a mature adult, I don't agree with Michael Malice on every single thing he does, but I'm still a big fan and he's a good friend. So it is what it is. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I I don't like reveling in death. Mm. I just don't like it. You know, when it's like a terrorist or something, I'm willing to go so far as being like, that was good that we stopped this evil person and, you know, that's fine. It's another thing to like, I don't know, just gloat and mock and post pictures of people mourning their loved ones because you disagree with them politically. Yeah. I don't think you need to mock anyone's family members when they're mourning. But I also think it's like, it's weird how people are saying, oh, so it's okay to mock this evil person's death, but not the queen's. Okay, but a terrorist and Hitler, those people aren't the same as the queen. You can disagree with the queen, but like, we're not moral relativists. The things that she did weren't as bad as like terrorists. I think it's okay to celebrate a terrorist's death. I don't think it's okay to celebrate the queen's death because I don't think there's the same kind of person. Yep. Tony Deadgrave says, I didn't know Pop Culture Crisis had a political show in the evening. This is great. That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, basically Pop Culture Crisis, which covers the, 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 the news and information that most people actually care about, realized that there was still this small niche market of politics that most people don't care about. That's, right. that's why they and, hired you. I think. That's right. That's yeah. right. So we're doing this show. Pop but the funny thing is, <laughs> I am 100% confident 
that in like a year or two, Pop Culture Crisis is going to be bigger than IRL. Like, it's a pop culture show. And then you're going to add money guns for people to shoot money at you. It's going to be a whole rivalry. No, I'll retire. Yeah. I'll be like, Brett, it is yours. Brett and Mary, <laughs> oh you oh make God. the money. Brett right now is like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Brett guys. does an amazing job, but he really, really gets, uh, I don't know how to say other than He's anxious. Very yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Right. It's pop culture crisis. So, it's, I mean, it's kind of obvious, though. They talk about, you know, movies, pop culture, actors and stuff. This is the biggest stuff in media. Right now, pop culture is politics. But that's not going to be forever. At least I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I genuinely believe that people are more likely to watch something about Britney Spears. I mean, case in point, Britney Spears mm-hmm. and Elton John topping the charts number one. That kind of stuff is going to do better. He's good. And I think he and Mary complement each other so well. Yeah. Their interests overlap, but also are you know in their own space. They really do a great job of like getting what you would expect for pop culture and then something you're not expecting. I'll be on it tomorrow. Pop Culture Crisis oh, at 3, 3 p.m. o'clock. The 200th excited. episode, I've heard. It's the 200th yes. episode of Pop Culture Crisis. And Brett... Mary, I love you too, but Brett, man, that guy, <laughs> he's, he, he's just like um, an encyclopedia of pop of cultural and, and popular media knowledge. knowledge. It's really fun yeah. to talk to him about yeah. stuff. And Orange Sea Lion says, we dumped tea in the harbor to stop mm. talking about the monarchy. Let the Lotus Eaters handle the monarch. Shout out to Carl Benjamin and the Lotus Eaters podcast. Um, we did a little bit more than dump tea yeah, into the harbor. Bit. I think we shot a bunch of people too yeah. and like burned things down. So it was a pretty complicated process and foreign intervention and all that stuff. But here's the deal, man. I don't care for the royal family's drama. I don't care for the Meghan Markle stuff. That's nonsense. But the queen dying is like massive news. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people in the UK that I like and respect that are, you know, feeling sad over this. And I think I don't get it. But, you know, I I, I try to empathize. I would say, too, I believe there are people in the UK who do not love the monarchy in its current state and maybe have never liked it, who also know that this is a huge turning point for their culture they are really saying goodbye to an era of history that they probably have complicated feelings about we're not saying the monarchy is all well and good but you have to recognize that this is much more complicated than just some old white lady dying dana verk says the royal family is not your friend charles is a world economic forum member and publicly advocated for the great reset multiple times look it up tim good vibes ian yeah i'm not saying i like them i'm just saying like when john mccain died I said something like neutral to slightly nice about him. You know, I don't like him. He's a war hawk. But I said something like it's, he's a man who truly believed he was serving his country, you know, and, and that's even tough because I'm not even 100% convinced. But I'm like, I'm not here to dance on graves. Not at all. I, I just don't. But nobody like there. there's a meme from the political compass memes where Every political quad, uh, every quadrant was celebrating the death of John McCain, and the centrists were like, you know, rest in peace. And I was like, yeah, guys, man, people really did not like that guy. Yeah. But that being said, that photo that the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire posted of Megan crying over the coffin yeah. was just so unnecessary. Absolutely wrong. So unnecessary. You could criticize him. I don't care about criticizing him even after he died. But why post a picture of his daughter crying? That's just cruel. Oh man. Yeah, not a fan. No. Like, dude, the guy had his, like, there's a lot of things I don't, I don't like for sure. But his daughter, come on, man, guys. I don't know, though. It's tough. Same true for the Queen's kids. They can all be terrible. But yeah, we can recognize terrible. that this is a huge moment in history. I would not celebrate if something bad happened to Hunter Biden no, or Joe not. Biden. No. I'm like, no, I want, I want Joe Biden to live a long, well, as long as he can, comfortable life in his wheelchair with a burlap, you know, a little blanket on his yeah. lap in a sunroom as he, as he dozes off. I want Hunter Biden to get the treatment he needs to deal with his problems and to stop doing whatever it is he's been doing with his illicit dealings. Just just go away. 
yeah, go be happy go, go live your life That's and key point. you know yeah just go away we don't want we don't want no we don't need bad thing we need good thing okay <laughs> good thing they can go have something else and then we'll try and get things back on track mark va says ian check your history please the british empire ended in the 40s with indian independence elizabeth was never empress of anything it ended with her father hmm. is that uh, a technical if that's a technical thing then just send me a link on twitter um, so I can examine the, the technicalities Man. of it. But everything, what I was reading was that it was very vague about the kind of the phasing out of the empire. Roberto Lara says, Shinzo Abe, Gorbachev, and the Queen have left the 2022 chat. This era's chapter is closing and we still have three months left. Winter is coming. God save the royal corgis. The corgis, no, <laughs> I do want to know what's going on with the corgis. Yeah, like, where are they now? Yeah, I thought about that earlier too. Hmm. Poor corgis. I want a nice picture of like William, Kate, and all their kids hanging out with all the corgis. I bet they have a plan for them. Bet yes. they're not going to the pound. I'm sure. <laughs> Christopher Casimir says, currently at Fenway Park, Boston, seeing Aerosmith live and listening to you guys at the same time. Keep up God's work. Love you guys and Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. Well, that's nice. cool. <laughs> How are you listening to both? That sounds fun. Came prepared. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that sounds pretty fun. Performa says, hello, New York viewer here. Kathy Hochul is losing ground after going against the SCOTUS ruling on concealed carry. Lee Zeldin is within striking distance. Thanks for another great stream. Vote. Vote. Go door to door. Register people to vote. You gotta do it, man. Democrats have organizational power. Yeah. Oh, it's it's their their biggest strength that mm -hmm. they are good at organizing people. Republicans gotta go knock on doors. And then you gotta bring flyers and be like, will you vote against child sex change surgery? That's right. This is the candidate who opposes it. Or, you know, a more palatable issue, I guess, gun rights or something. But, you know, I don't know. I just think people probably would say, I don't like the idea that children get sex change surgery. I like the idea that you invite all, this was yours from a couple shows ago. Uh, You invite all your friends to get pizza and say, you'll drive. But then you stop by the polling place on the way. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, it's just like, you know, real quick, are you guys going to vote? But I I, want to make sure I stress like, you know, when you're, you got to, the pizza is an aside. It's just get your friends together to go vote. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, don't give your friends things for voting. That's, you don't want to do that. No, you want to ask your friends to come out and hang out with you. Well, go vote. And you're saying, like, I want you to be able to participate in the democratic process. I'm going to drive to the polling place. If you're registered Democracy. in my area, come with me. Yeah. All my friends Register vote, your vote. Thankfully. Yeah. Just big voting parties. Everyone gets together and votes. That's right. All right. Let's uh, let's grab what we got here. Oh, there's a there's a bunch of comments about uh, Israel. The angry Canuck says AJ plus has videos of Americans kicking out Palestinians from their homes on YouTube for all to watch. China isn't kicking people out of their homes. Wow. A Canadian defending China and criticizing Israel. Yeah, but I and I'm not like trying to counter what you're saying, but we got to be careful just because you don't see it happening doesn't mean it's not happening. And China, the Chinese government's very good at at blockading any kind of media of what's going on over there. Mm -hmm. Um, And we did happen to see some video in Israel. So I don't want to just pin all of it on them because that's what I saw. It's not saying it's good, but. Frumentari says France still has an empire of 46,000 square miles of overseas territories, territories from colonial days. Crazy. The UK has the Pitcairn Islands, right? That's UK. It's like 50, sounds right. 50 people who live there. And I think there's like accusations of pedophilia and inbreeding or something. Oh boy. Something like that. All right. Tom B. Moore says, good evening, Tim and crew. Fresh conspiracy. Someone swatted the IRS building in Memphis, Tennessee today. Looking at the available news, multiple, multiple reports of an active shooter. Still nothing found after three hours of searching and evac. Huh. Jeez. No idea. Memphis, man. Had a rough go of it. 
Cadia says, Crowder's new song definitely doesn't sound better than Tim Pool, but that song rolled a solid 20. Which one was that? Was the Nancy Pelosi one? I don't know. But I Crowder never... Crowder does song parodies like, you know, it's kind of like yeah, political weird out. Weird, weird, you know. <laughs> political weird out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, we're just making content. You know, we just, we're making songs. That's about it. Grim Pickens says, man, I'm just shocked that Ian spoke more than 10 words without mentioning graphene or central banks. Really? I did mention the Federal Reserve pretty you early did, on. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm not wearing a graphene shirt today. Okay, what do we get? Oh, I just learned last night that graphene itself can produce an electrical charge. No way. Just oh. through thermal motion. It, it, what? it defies, uh, what's it, uh, the Brownian. I don't know if I'm going to get that right or not. When did, you Richard, get in, when did you become interested in graphene? I know this has been a long-running thing. 2011. Okay, Maybe. and how did you find out about it? Uh, I think I did a blog about it. A friend of mine, actually, uh, Andreas Nicholas, he used to work at Timcast, was uh, putting graphite, I think he was painting graphite onto CDs and then putting them in a CD burner and using the laser to etch off graphene. I don't know how he was making it. And I, I was doing like science blogs with mines. So I came across all this new cool technology in like 2011. Cool oh. Andrew Ho says, Tim, you never read my super chats, but I have also been a Timcast member for some time. Watch the UK go ultra, ultra woke now with King Charles III and the World Economic Forum pawn new prime minister. Yes, agreed. But I mean, many people were saying the queen was woke anyway. Yeah. Like she was letting it happen. One of the big criticisms I've heard of her is that she gave up a lot of conservative tra traditions over time. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Carnivorous Libertarian says AOC constantly talking about wanting to date her. Fake tears of 1-6 and constantly wanting the spotlight is very indicative of insecurity and arrogance. Mm-hmm. You, all, you know what I think about AOC is that she was a bartender and more power to her. I don't care that she was, but I think she fears going back. Hmm. She's, oh, she's terrified go of back. going back. Well, it's possible. At this point, though, she's a prominent activist. She'll write a book. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's an influencer. She'll get a spot somewhere. Yeah. Zoroark, Zoroark Graft says Japan also has a monarchy. Very interesting. A lot of countries have monarchies. Yeah. Sweden does. Spain, Spain does. Yeah. yeah. Justin Clark says, all right, tonight, uh, tonight's in. I'm really rooting for Operation Red Pill AOC. Sensei Prager should teach, should reach out and offer her counseling. Imagine how powerful her why I left the left video would be. <laughs> it would be. I would watch yeah, that. Yeah, she'd be like, sure. I decided to have kids and be a mom. And then everyone got mad at me. And they told I'd me to get so an abortion. I'd be so happy for her. I feel like I could be friends with her if she 100%. moved into that stage yeah. of her life. Well, there is, there's numerous studies showing that having kids makes people more conservative. Of course it does. Yep. And getting married. Yeah. Isn't it like, what percentage of women say they're that have kids say they're glad they didn't abort the kid? Is it like 99.9%? It's extremely high. Yeah. I know that. I got to look it up, though. I'm sure. It's kind of weird, you know? We have a family of deer out in front of our house, and they're always just doing deer stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, I can't imagine a deer intentionally killing its own baby isn't that weird there's yeah a, if they did there'd be something like mentally wrong with it there's a deer in my neighborhood that adopted two uh fawns whose mom died wow. and so now instead of having like two babies she has four and like the whole community knows about it dude Very we have wholesome. like seven deer they're like they're just on the lawn you know every night when i go back there's like just like seven deer and they're all just staring at me as i walk past them and i'm like hello deer and then they just go back to just eating and i'm like where do they sleep but like earlier today, the brush. baby was sleeping yeah. just like right outside the bush and we could see him chilling. He's like looking around doing, and then the mama deer was like walking right up to the house. It was pretty fun. How sweet. 95% yeah. of women. 
95? Yeah. You looked up the actual number? Yeah, University That's of California cool. says. 95 percent of women. For it is my low for yeah. yeah. Honestly, I'm worried about the But think about that means five out of one hundred women or like one in twenty women are like having a kid and looking at it being like, I should have aborted this thing. That's yeah, horrible. I hate that's that. crazy. I really hate that. That number's too high. Man, that's crazy. We should have a study that studies that. Why yes. do you feel that way? Like, what's wrong with you? Oh, I did some research <laughs> on the rat hope experiment. There's more to it than how we've been describing it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, He yeah. electrocuted him too? He found domesticated rats would swim. He took 12 domesticated rats to start. Three of them were floating on the surface, went under the water to search around, drowned. The other nine just swam for two days they don't know why huh. so then they got a bunch of wild rats all 12 of the wild rats drown immediately so they're like why these domesticated rats lived for two days so they figured it was because of their social community and their support system before they were put in the water so then he realized i think it's hope and so he right. would find rats dry them off put them back in and then he would get the oh and wow it, there's so even there's more like a precursor mm -hmm. interesting so he gave them hope and then they tried to survive that's creepy, man. Dreamweaver says, I'm from Kentucky, USA, and the news about the queen hit me like a ton of bricks. She symbolized so much about the old generation. Her passing is truly a turning of an era. Yes. I completely agree. It's yeah. the end of an era. Seriously. I felt that about, like, George H.W. Bush and John McCain dying, too. Like, politics aside, I, I do see their deaths as an end of an era that represented better people, generally, than we have today. And that makes me sad. All right. Ben Busher says the podcast wasn't invented by Apple. They bought it from Adam Curry, one of the most based mofos on this rock. You should have him on 100 percent. Adam denied that someone I was tweeting about it and they were like, Adam, you created the pod thing, didn't you? And then he responded, no. Huh. So what if that's part of his sale agreement. He has yeah. to say, no, no, it was always Apple. Hmm. I don't know. Jacob Barney says, Tim, with shows and a record label, I'm wondering if you'll be expanding to publishing books next. As a writer who puts my beliefs in my in my writing, I'm worried that any future publisher may try to change my story for the woke. Yes. Yeah. You so, already published like chain stuff, right? Yeah. So, I mean, we have we have another book coming out, Tales from the Inverted World, Ghost of the Civil War, which is based on the show. You guys really should watch it on TimCast.com. But um, yes, we're going to do all that. Basically, all that means is we like give you money so that you can live while you write a book. Like it's an advance. Yeah, so we'll get, we we give an advance so that you can write the book, and then we sell the book, and then hopefully make enough money back to pay ourselves back, and then make money for you. But we're not there yet. So the same thing is true for the music and the plans with the label and all that stuff. We're starting in-house with the music we already have here because we've got a handful of musicians already, tons of stuff we have to produce. But we definitely want to find some outside talent that needs some, some uh, you know, I don't know, funding and, and resources to help get the ball rolling. Marketing, really. Marketing, man, that's the real benefit of getting with a label is they market you. Do they really? A good oh, one will. Challenge. Yeah. The thing is, Timcast with this show has a marketing apparatus. So if we were to like release a song once a month, then we could just be like, hey, guys, the new song is out. This is a band that does this. Here's who they are. And that's more than most labels can do for you. I was thinking last night about a record label contract and like, I would love to build a contract that they in a, they still use in a thousand years because it's so good for the artist, like a springboard. Like, like that's the best diving board on earth. All the greatest divers in the world trained on it and now they're adults and they remember that that company that launched their careers and then they start their own labels and do the same for other people. Like you make them more famous and more in control of their of their career. And then you're always remembered as the great for doing that, one of the greats. Kyle says, the banks and corporations sponsor pride events because it helps their ESG score. This is something you need to bring up more mm. because that is causing much of this. That's true. Yeah. Yep. 
Maximus Rita says, are the Eldians from Attack on Titan Britons, my people? Yes, I guess. Sure. Uh, and if you're a fan of Jordan Peterson, you got to watch Attack on Titan. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it, but it's like a lot of what he talks about is exemplified by what that show is. Although like the first few, few seasons, you're just basically watching giant people eat little people. And you're like, I don't know what it's about. But then later on, when you realize the backstory, you're like, oh man, this really is like right up Jordan Peterson's alley. Very political stuff. Interesting concepts. The sins of the father, etc. Quick pause. 555 says, Tom McDonald drops a new video tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific time. It actually looks really cool. You see the ad that he put out for it? Riot. Uh-oh. His like, hands are glowing or whatever. Oh. I'm excited. Shout out Tom McDonald. We got him to uh, chart on iTunes by shouting him out. So let's... um. We got We got We got to make sure we get Tom McDonald on the Billboard charts. So we'll uh, we'll we'll shout him out all week. Make sure that happens. So tomorrow at nine a.m., guys, watch for Tom McDonald's song. Buy it on iTunes. If I don't know how he's launching it, I haven't talked to him about any of this stuff. But um, let's just see if we can help get Tom McDonald riot Billboard Hot 100. Everybody just buys it for a buck or whatever it is he sells it for. Then dude hits those charts and they can't, they can't ignore it anymore. That'd be awesome. Riot Lyons says poll came out showing 20% of Democrats and 36% of white college educated women believe men can give birth. College is going well, I see. Yeah, it's totally worth all that money. (laughs) All right. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says IRL gets so many viewers, we all need to step up. Yes. Right on, man. Right on. This is the crazy thing. You know, it's like on each episode across the clips and the show itself, it's like a million and a half views. And I'm just like. Can we get a million and a half people to all just buy for $1 Tom McDonald's song? Because here's my point. Like, I'm, of course, proud of the music we're putting out. I would love to see a million and a half people buy our song, but it's not really about that. So people are like, you know, on the left saying Tim's grifting. He wants to make money off people. It's like, okay, don't buy my song. And then buy Tom McDonald's song. Then you give him a million and a half dollars. I mean, a third of it go or like 10% is going to go to the networks or whatever. I'm just saying we need to take over these cultural spaces. He's got a song coming out tomorrow. How do we get every single person who watches the show to just be like, okay, okay, I'll spend the dollar to help Tom McDonald. That's how you change the game. Make Tom McDonald rich so he can keep doing this and he can work with more people and he can get on those lists. And then the media is forced to cover it and talk about what he's talking about. Take over the culture, man. So we're, we're, I'm definitely going to shout out his stuff tomorrow when it, when it comes out and then, you know, following week for sure. David Murdoch says, check out the new trailer for Drag the Dead at David Murdoch Art on the Twitters. A third person pearl clutching zombie shooter with Zane Maj, Uncle Hotep, and Adam Krigler. Demo right around the corner. PS counterculture will require curation. Where's the platform? Interesting. Cool. What is that? Drag the Dead? Is that a video game? Interesting. Third person pearl clutching zombie shooter. Cool stuff. Shout out. Eric Miller says that would be a good cast castle bit. Have someone that looks like AOC from behind wearing a tax the rich dress. She drinks a vial and then it's Steve Bannon in the dress still screaming (laughs) tax the rich. James O'Keefe. James O'Keefe. Yes. All right. Let's grab a couple more super chits. David J. Art says, does Britain join the EU considering the queen? Interesting. Mm. No, because she's uh, the head of state, not the head of government. So it'd still be up to the prime No, but minister. without her, is there now no... But Liz Truss was a... Uh, she's prime minister and she was pro-Brexit. Right. So they... Oh, okay. All right, then. Well, I guess not. I guess not. Let's see what we got here in the old super chat. Super chats. Publishing books. We read that one. What do we got here? Jamie McDonald says, hey, Tim and crew, did you know that the Scottish Gaelic meaning for Donald is world ruler? Potential meme magic. Is that true? Look that up. 
I don't believe that. Donald means world ruler. That's what I know. That cannot be true. In what language? In Scottish Gaelic. World wielder. Is that what, yes? World Proto Celtic Dumnoaulos. And it means, world, means world ruler or world no. wielder. Yeah. What? Yeah. We live in a simulation. Yeah, this is wild. <laughs> it's great. Donald means world ruler or yeah. world wielder. Yeah. So, what does Trump mean? Where does that come from? Drumpf? Trump. What did Trump mean? It came from the word trumpet, I think. So what I have is that it's from Whoa. the Celtic, the male given name from the Celtic word Tr- meaning world. Trump came from trumpet? Yeah. Hold on. So. Look that up. Yeah. That's what I wanted What's him to the call his uh, social media platform. Trumpet? It's trumpet. I don't know. Let me look. No, no. Come on. Fact check that. So they're like the best trumpeteers on earth? No, no, no. Drumpf. That was the name of his grandfather and they changed it to Trump, right? So yeah, what? Yeah. yeah. So the word is trumpet. Yeah. English surname. The modern English surname Trump. So Trump his name is literally announcement of the world ruler. Yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I never thought about that. <laughs> For real, his name is World Ruler, like trumpet, like yeah. declaration. Do you think like his parents thought about that while they were naming him. No, no, no they didn't know Donald no, meant that. Are you sure though? Maybe they did. Oh, maybe he did. His dad was. I know based. a lot of parents who know. Yeah. I know a lot of parents who like look up the meaning of their kid's name and incorporate. Do you think his dad it. talked like him? I don't. Little know. Donald Jr. Is there a video of? What no, is it, Fred is that probably. Fred Trump? I bet. I bet so because yeah. I mean Don Jr. talks like him. So, but like yeah. his name means like the trumpet of the world ruler. <laughs> Amazing. World ruler sound. Yeah. Herald of the winter ruler. Herald of the world, <laughs> world ruler, ruler, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so say Herald dude. of the Winter Mist. Maybe that's why they're so scared of him. Yeah. Like they know his name, his legend Prophecy. is foretold. <laughs> but then Donald Trump Jr. is the same name. Yeah. Yeah. What is Ju- what's what does Jr. translate to like originally? We know it's like the, the second, second son yeah. or like the the son of or whatever. I mean Baron means wow. young warrior. This is amazing. Yeah. Baron means young warrior. Yeah. Like, what's the literal meaning of junior? Let's see. I know we have our, you know, contextual meaning of what that means. The younger one. It means the younger it's one? nickname for the most mm-hmm. part. Really? Yeah. Well, then his name it can is... Include, it can mean lower Herald rank. of the world ruler, younger. Yes. The younger herald of the world ruler. There you go. <laughs> wow, man. That's it. See in the future. That's crazy, dude. Oh, yeah. Trump comes from triumph. Things yeah, like yeah. that. Triumph? Triumph. Trump. The, Trump. Triumph. the vic- victory of the world ruler is his name? Wow. It's wild. That is wild. <laughs> I had no idea that's what Donald I meant. Wow, dude. Marion Holtzman says people are cruel. No humanity left even for the dead. Well, you know, people like us still exist. And uh, people like you, Marion. So, you know, we're trying to, to, to be nice and keep some, some of the hostility down. My friends, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends if you really love it, and head over to TimCast.com. Join us. Become a member. We're going to have a members-only show coming up at about 11 p.m. You don't want to miss it. You can follow the show at TimCastIRL. You can follow me at TimCast. Ali Beth, do you want to shout anything out? Uh, yeah, you can follow, listen to, subscribe to my podcast, Relatable, wherever you get your podcast. It's also on YouTube. You can buy my book, You're Not Enough and That's Okay, anywhere that you buy your books. I'm on social media, Ali B. Stucky. You can check me out on those platforms. I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. I think you should go there every day. Click on the read tab and read stuff from me and the rest of the news team. You can find me on Instagram at HannahClaire.B. And I know Ian's going to shout it out, but I really think you should watch the the 200th episode of Pop yes. Culture Crisis tomorrow at 3 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. You should really. You really should watch that. 100%. It's going to be hot. Yes. I'm going to be there. And uh, I want to... Co- 
Pop Culture Crisis tomorrow, 3 o'clock on YouTube. And uh, go to Cast Castle on TimCast.com and sign up to watch this week's episode. Every Tuesday, we're putting out a new episode, and I thought it was really funny. It's getting better, too. The cast is amazing. Charles, you were crazy. That was great. Uh, really happy to be a part of it. Looking forward to more. See you later. I am really hoping that the 200th episode is when we finally get to see Brett forced to cut dye his hair blonde. I'm very much looking forward to that. Let's Was it 15? It 15 crisis parties in one right. episode. Brett has to bleach his hair. That's right. I don't know how I got him to agree to this. It's Let's very important to me that this happens. We wow. have to do it. 100%. Let's make it happen. Ian's on tomorrow. It's going to be a good time. I'll be on next Wednesday. It's always fun over there, as we all know. Politics is downstream of culture. That is why pop culture crisis is so important. You guys can follow me on twitterandminds.com at sarahpatchlitz as well as sarahpatchlitz.me. We will see you all over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.